Support for this podcast comes from State Farm. With surprisingly great rates, State Farm is the real deal when it comes to home and car insurance. State Farm agents are in your neighborhood, ready to help personalize your insurance. And you can manage your coverage, pay your bill, or even file a claim right from your phone with the State Farm mobile app. Visit statefarm.com today to get a great rate without sacrificing great service. That's statefarm.com. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hi, my name is Joey Galvez, host of The House of Indy, an independent creator interview podcast. New regular episodes drop every Thursday. We may even have some cool smaller shows in between, so stay tuned. We also have a live broadcast every Monday with loggerhead creator Brian Silverbacks on Facebook and possibly Twitter. Type in The House of Indy on Facebook and at House of Indy Pod on Twitter. Make sure to help out the show by listening and subscribing wherever you find your favorite podcast. I'm Kevin H. I'm Kevin C. And I'm a Seth. And this is the Dark Dark Windows Windows Podcast. So just a disclaimer, we are going to talk about some things that people might not be super comfortable with. We're going to use some language language that people are not going to be super comfortable with. That's adult language. Expletives. So sit back. Relax. And enjoy the show. Or not. That's cool, too. We want to start out by saying a special thank you to our sponsor, Studio Headphones. Studio offers some of the best quality sound and best-built headphones on the market without the outrageous prices that other brands offer. They offer a variety of different styles, including over-the-ear, wired earbuds, and completely wireless Bluetooth buds. The two newest models are the Klar, which are over-the-ear noise-canceling headphones that offer 30 hours of playtime. Hold on. 30 hours continuous playtime without being recharged. And the Tolve, which are totally wireless Bluetooth earbuds, that offer seven hours of playtime in a case that holds four additional charges for the buds. So check out studio.com where you will find some of the best quality headphones and earbuds on the market. And if you enter Dark Windows 15 at checkout, they will take 15% off your entire order. What's going on, everybody? Hi. How do they do, Interneters? How are you? <laughs> your voice just crack? <laughs> <laughs> you heard me do that weird voice, and we're yeah. still talking about that kind of... Dumb <laughs> Oh, so I should be like, hi. Or just what? normal voice works. What's hi, up? everyone. <laughs> yeah, man. So, how this was everyone? Audio ear sex candy. <laughs> how was everybody's week? Um, it's all in my house. Yay! Yeah! Well, well as long as everything good. works out well, it'll be happening. Well, I guess it's a yay, because, you know. Yeah, dude. You don't like I'm going to be moving boy. in May. You, they're, they're, from what you said, yeah. it seems like a pretty decent upgrade, too. I'm hoping. Yeah. If not, man, I definitely just done fucked up. Yeah. I'm selling my house too. My wife doesn't know it yet. Oh, I'm selling lady. mine too. My dog doesn't know it. I've got a I've got a guy. <laughs> I'm actually more worried about oh, the, yeah. the pup. Well, I mean, I walk around in a trench coat with my house in it. I'm like, hey, hey, 
You buy a house? Mm-hmm. You buy a house? Mm-hmm. Want to buy a house? What are you buying? Here's what I'm going to buy. I got, I, got a, I got a two-story. I got a raised ranch. <laughs> Shit. If you want it, I get single-wide trailers. Hell, you, I the, got a double-wide. For, for those, you got to go down the street. You got to talk to Ray Ray. He'll hook you up. I'll take the money. Ray Ray gets you the trailers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, should it be Ray Bob? Ray Bob, yeah. Bobby, Bobby Ray. Bobby Ray. There we go. Boom, how Ray. <laughs> hey, man, hey, man, come over here, man. I got you a dingo trailer, man. What do you want? You want a double wide trailer? You want a single wide trailer? You want one from the Timothy? What do you want, man? Dingo hey. double wide trailer, man. Like, okay, no, man. <laughs> and so, and Kevin's got osteoporosis and broke his arm. I did not, asshole. <laughs> no, man, he was cage fighting and someone tried to lock him into a kimura and he wouldn't fucking tap. Yeah. He hurt himself. Dislocated open. shoulder and with that fucking floppity loose limp arm, he came over and fucking Dis- slapped arm him. arm triangled me and everything. The- no, you won't dislocate a shoulder with an arm triangle. Okay, fine. Fuck it. The- yeah. Then I'll- he woke up. I'll and- teach you. Then he woke up and realized arm that. Armbar? Mm, that's elbow. Kimura, double wrist lock. <sighs> Fuck. Americana, that'll do shoulder. All right, fine. And then when he woke up from that fantasy dream, he realized he hurt himself opening a jar of pickles. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, no? sometimes those No, pickles. he fell down a, a I fucking flight of stairs. Well, not Ooh. this week, though, but it was a couple weeks ago. Doesn't yeah. matter. Still a flight of stairs. You fell down, so. Jeez. My fu- are you guys' fucking hands, like, super dry? Yeah. Yeah. Mine are fucking, like, super dry. On a random fucking topic. I know. Just lotion them up. You'd be all set. No. It's, lotion. For me, between, <laughs> uh, like, going in and out from work all the time, yeah. and then, the like, the drywall dust and shit that I deal with, it just sucks the moisture Same out of my fucking hands. Yeah, me too. Um, so, anyway, speaking of sucking the moisture out of your hands, Seth. Yo, <laughs> you know what the funny part is? You're not going to get that when you pay miniatures. You're going to start sweating because you're trying to get all those fine details, like your sweet Easter Bunny miniature from Dark so- Dark Sword Miniatures. Free plug for them because I found an Easter Bunny actual miniature, which is kind of crazy. Nice. Yeah. But when you're trying is to- Is it like a killer Easter Bunny? No, it's like oh, one of those it. stereotypical little like douchebags. But hey, man, look at that fuzzy little fucker. Oh, that's cute as shit. Yeah, got a little Easter egg, man. Oh, that's Oh, cool. that's adorable. Anyway- if you're painting miniatures and you're having difficulty, 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 are you having difficulty saying difficulty? Difficulty. <laughs> difficulty. No. I was thinking about cookies, and then I'll, like my brain just went food oh, and rather than cookies, the ones that are just slightly out of reach. That's our smooth jazz band. Difficult cookie. Whoa! <laughs> oh, fuck. Difficult uh, cookies. Now apparently, we talk. apparently, we're all fucked. Get used to yeah. it, bitch, because I've got uh, 11 pages to stumble fuck my way through. So. Yeah, then that's a drinking <laughs> game, kids. Anyway, so yeah, if you're painting... you sluts drunk. Uh, anyway. Well, back to what I was saying. If you're having issues painting miniatures because of all those little details and all the little hard little cracks and crevices you're trying to get them perfectly highlighted head on over to gamemv.net home of the hobby holder hobby holder is a two-in-one base and handle combination device to help you get all those delicious little details find what you like you put in that maybe a brush bastion a paint puck maybe some wooden bases or anything else on there that you like Put them in your checkout cart. Put in the promo code Broadstone at checkout. Save yourself 10% off the entire order. Yeah. Whew. And I put a link to that in the show notes, too. So if you guys are... Uh, Tell like- I sent you. And, you know, Kit's awesome. He actually drew a note for someone who's like, I want a snowman. He drew a picture of a snowman and sent him. <laughs> and the Kickstarter stuff is getting sent out. I'm going to be seeing him in two weeks at Adepticon, which I'm excited for. Nice. So- yeah. Yeah. Well, sweet. speaking of the Midwest, we're going to go back there this week. Actually, can yeah. I just like derail the show for a quick second? Of course. 
So last week, you know, we were talking about episodes that we want to cover. I want to get this out now because I'm going to forget it at the end of the show because yeah, this yeah, douchebag yeah. is draining. Had a friend of mine who's also a listener of the show. His name is Chris. Huge fan of Gigi Allen. Apparently, him and his son, Aiden, listen to punk rock and listen to our shit pit of a show. Nice. So I'm thinking he and I, my buddy Chris and I, are going to work together on the Gigi Allen episode. Fuck. Yes. Because he's like my son and I listen to that. My son knows who he is. I'm like, well... Aiden, you're a cool little dude. You're getting some stickers sent out to you because your pops and I are going to be working on a show together, and maybe we can get him on. Hell yeah. I don't know, though. Yeah, I mean, we could. Because where he lives in Pennsylvania, I don't know. The time change is a little bit different over there. Yeah, I mean, worse com- I can try to get him on Facebook Messenger. Dude, let's call him on the phone. I got his number. Well, it should oh, be well, in the same different time yeah. zone. So. They're in the same yeah, time zone. It's, it's a joke. Oh. Florida is a different time zone, though. No, Shut it's not. I know. Chicago is. I just got used to this whole time change, and I'm going to be going to Chicago, and I'm like, I lost an hour. Listen, it just went over my head, okay? It was like, you're, I was like, oh. you're on brat time now. Yeah. <laughs> you're on sausages. So, but yeah, if you guys are cool with it, yeah, we're having a little, another like little visitor to the show, because you know we're expanding, we're getting oh, people. Oh, damn it. We have to have one of those people come on the show and talk to us. What do you mean, dude? Those this this guy's beard game. Fans. This guy's beard game is on fucking point. I, yeah, he's got a pretty sick fucking beard. Yeah, and yeah. if his son, if Aiden's into the music that we were talking about, I love this kid. I almost thought you said, oh, I thought you're going to go. His son's gonna has that beard, really sweet beard coming uh, in too. Dude, if <laughs> like, he has his dad's like genetic beard, genetic game, that kid's gonna have an awesome like beard. Like he makes puts mine to shame. And there, there's something about bald dudes that can grow beards like a motherfucker. I don't understand it. Maybe it's just because you know the rest of the fucking hair shit's not working. Know. So it's like, <laughs> hey, here, have it on your face. But well, yeah, listen, so, I don't know what the fuck happened with me. Dude, but, you know, you I can grow fucked. hair on your head, not on your face. We just talked about it, the reverse. My, but my, yeah, that's true. Go bald, like. Uh, <laughs> The, the vanilla gorilla James, He's a big fucking guy, completely bald, and his beard big is guy? yeah, big guy, big guy. He's bigger than you. He's a really fucking big guy. Big fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> Scum walking down doola doola doola. He's huge. Fucking man. <laughs> but yeah, so I just wanted to put that out there. That thanks for coming out. Sorry. That we will <laughs> have, we'll be doing. I'm gonna be doing the Gigi Allen episode probably a week after I get back from Chicago. Fuck yeah! I get so to I come take back April first, and so I'm gonna probably do it shortly after that. I'll announce it, and I'll be working with Chris, and maybe I can get Aiden on and tell me about what's his favorite Gigi Allen moment. That'd be pretty fucking rad. I don't know. We'll he's find gonna, out. He's gonna steal the show. Well, he is ten st- years old, so he could easily do this and run all this shit without us. We, we should nice. tell him. We should tell him, like, dude, start, start your own podcast. You get a bunch of checks like that. Look, look at us. Seth and I are both married because of this show. Not really. No, <laughs> I got married because I know how to paint miniatures. So, yeah. like, when I paint her nails, I'm fucking on point. I got married because my wife cooks really well, and I got fat, and she I can't run. Got away fat? Now. Got fatter? Oh, okay. It goes like, um, uh, I dare say I got fatterest. I think he's I still think he's been pretty husky since we. Yeah. You've known him longer than me. I've only yeah. known him. I know. Let's talk about a douchebag. Yeah, but I got fatter. <laughs> like you. I got fatter after I met her. So. Still talking about him. And I said, yeah, let's I talk about a douchebag. And he's still talking. I, I yeah. Know. I Fuck. I know I'm a douche. It's he, fine. He, he does it. It's, mm. it's okay. All right. So speaking of douchebags. Yeah. I thought I had a pretty good one. I was like, well, <laughs> since we're going to stick around in the Midwest, because he was talking about Chicago. So to pick up where we left off last week, uh, her Bowmeister had, had attacked uh, Mark Goodyear in the pool house of Fox Hollow Farm with a garden hose. I know it sounds like we're picking up cards for Clue, but we're not. 
He tried to strangle him, in which he failed, and ended up bringing Goodyear back to his own house and letting him go. I I I, I don't I'll interrupt real quick. No, sure. no, was it a garden hose or was it a pool hose? Because I heard I had heard it was a pool. It's hose. a hose of a hose. Well, I mean, it's a hose. Yeah. I but, mean, uh, I mean, I'm just asking. Pool hose is like bigger For a around. You know, it's bigger around and it's got like the ridges on it. Yeah. I, I think it'd be easier to strangle somebody with a garden hose. But if you're in your pool, you're, you know, why wouldn't you have a, a garden hose near your pool, though? You know? Uh, but it, it also did, it wasn't like he had like a fucking full like roll of hose. It was like a section. Like, okay. You know, I, I'm yeah. just asking because, you yeah. know, I like I said, just covering this other stuff. I just yeah. heard the other stuff. Um, so Goodyear would actually go on to help aid the police investigation by giving me a description of what he looked like and mm. um he didn't know his name was was herb he was told that his name was brian uh because the he the name that he used when he went out to the gay bars was brian smart so because he's real smart yeah real fucking smart he's a smart fucker so bowmeister must have gotten wind of the investigation into the missing gay men um and heard about the physical description going around and it sounded a lot like him during the course of the investigation, as police and private investigators were canvassing the local gay bars and nightclubs, Baumeister actually reached out to Goodyear for what he called a, quote, repeat session, which no doubt meant Baumeister probably wanted to finish him off this time and, you know, clean up the only witness that he left alive. Yeah. Okay. So dur- I hope this guy didn't go there. Mm, no. Good. Good. That makes life a lot easier for him. During their conversations, Baumeister confirmed to Goodyear that what Goodyear had suspected all along. Her Baumeister told him that he, in fact, had been responsible for some of the deaths of the missing gay men. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So he didn't. He said that the deaths had not been intentional, but there were a few accidents because you know. Well, yeah. When you're in some quink, some kinky S and M bullshit, you're like you forget what the you know the safe word is. You gotta. Garden hose in your mouth, you know, holding you back. You can't really say pineapple. Yeah, and I mean sometimes when you're cho- when you're getting choked, there you get to that that one like here's the limit, and you can't stay there for long, and then you're dead. Kind of. Yeah. Dead. What yeah. happened to David Carradine? I, I actually am going to bring him up. Oh, okay. <laughs> he said that during uh, during the choking game that he would play with these guys, sometimes things would get a little out of control. So taking that information for what it is, it's completely possible that some of the deaths at first may have actually been accidental. And it could have just been like, oh, shit, I killed this guy. Yeah, but instead of doing the right thing of like, hey, I should go tell somebody, he just disposed of the yeah. body. And it's like, oh, no, no one will ever know. Yeah. No one will ever know. It, it's like John Wayne Gacy, that first kid that he killed accidentally. And then he's like, oh, I've got a boner. Huh. Can you imagine that? Like, you accidentally have something, you should be freaking out, but realistically, you're like, you just blew a load in your pants. You're like, I just did my pants, and I'm this. I, I could not imagine having That's, that kind of a bizarre kink like that, where you're just like, oh, I, I just ran over a squirrel. Oh. Yeah, oh. it's it's one of those things, it's like, holy shit, man. Yeah, it's... Because our brains, well, the brain's he, not wired like that. Yeah, the human so. brain is fucking interesting with some of the, like, mm-hmm. misfires it can have, and just little things being off can completely change you. So anything that requires cutting off oxygen to someone else's brain can very easily go wrong and end up with that person dying, obviously. Uh, lots of people have accidentally died from sexu- uh, sexual asphyxiation, including legendary actor from the uh, TV series Kung Fu, David Carradine, mm. who died in 2009 in a hotel in uh, Bangkok. That totally fucked with me when I heard that. I thought it was a lie at first because it was like one of those first celebrity deaths that I saw on Facebook. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And well, you're like, oh, fuck, he really did. Yeah, because it's like, okay, I can understand, like, okay, he, you know, 
committed suicide because a lot of times celebrities have, you know, I hate to say that, but it has happened in history with celebrities committing suicide mm-hmm. or having some random instance of being, okay, well, he's in Bangkok. You never know what happened. Maybe he got mugged and something Weird happened. Weird shit goes on in Thailand. And then, then to find out more of what was going on, it's like, holy shit. Yeah, I think there was like during that time where a lot of actors or people were just in that whole like strangulation, you know, type of thing to get just to get in a, a little off. Oh, that that's all it is. It's like it's just trying to, you know, you're trying to get off better, faster, harder, whatever, <laughs> by choking yeah. yourself a little bit. And I don't know. Never tried it. Don't think I'm going to because it just seems weird. Puss. Yeah. <laughs> Try it once, won't again. Yeah, right. <laughs> No, never tried it. I'm, I'm going to give the choking stroke three stars. Tried it once, one again. Uh, so during <laughs> too many loose doorknobs in the house. I keep stealing Archer jokes about that. <laughs> I think that might be the to you, quote of the choking night. stroke. Um, so during his phone call uh, with Baumeister, the police tried to get Goodyear to st- uh, to stall him long enough so that they could trace the phone. They did actually successfully trace the call back to a public payphone. But when they got there, Herb was long gone. Um, didn't even have the common decency to pull leave it. a card or No, anything. to pull it like the Zodiac where you just leave it hanging there. You know, and you leave just before they get there so it's still moving. He was just a dick. He hung the phone up. Do like you think that when person. they got there, the first thing they did was hit the little thing area on the side and the top and see if any coins would pop out? <laughs> That's the little, like, the toilet flusher thing on pay phones. The coin return? You know you're old when you know how to, like... How to cheat that system. You see, kids, there was this thing that you used to be able to do. You could put two quarters into a phone in a public place and make Sometimes a phone. Sometimes it was only a quarter. Or nickels. Yeah. You could put change in it. If you, you actually know? had the right weighted washer with a string, like a high-grade uh, fishing line on it, you could drop it in, pull it back out, drop it in, pull it back out. Yeah, and... you had to have slugs. No, just a washer. Oh. Yeah, that's what I did. So not long after the phone call, Goodyear was placed into uh, police protection out of fear that Baumeister could, cr- uh, could circle back and try to... Finish the job. Yeah, try to take care of the one witness that he actually did let go. Uh huh. And also, he was, but he was also the only person that had a physical description of Herb Baumeister to give the police to try to help him. Hmm. So after putting Goodyear into protect, uh, into protection, the police into did, a predicament. Yeah, <laughs> they put him in protection. <laughs> ah, protection, uh, huh? <laughs> yeah, but after they put Goodyear into into protection, the police decided to use him as bait to try to pull Baumeister from hiding. So. We're going to hide you. To, so ca- he, to catch a killer? Yeah. We're going to hide you so he can't find you, but we're going to send... It's like, <laughs> we're going to send you out to the gay bar, but we're going to keep a rope around your belt loops. We've got somebody behind the bar, so if he gets too close, we'll just pull you right out of the situation. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the thing they actually said situation, too. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the, the plan they came up with was to have Goodyear call Herb and meet him at a club called the 501 Tavern. The club was one of the most popular gay bars in, in the Indianapolis area, but unfortunately, Baumeister didn't show up, and it was a, like a pretty big setback for the investigation. Sounds like a cool bar, though. 501 Tavern. Right? That's, that's, that's Sounds like, like a cop bar. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. That's what I thought. Either a cop bar or it's like maybe that's the uh, area code or something. Probably, yeah. I don't know. I've never called anybody in Indianapolis. Me either. But it's one of those cities where it's probably got more than one area code, unlike us, where we got just the one for the whole state. It probably, True. probably does. Yeah. Indiana probably has more than one. So in the fall of 1994, little Eric, uh, Herb and Julie's son, was playing in the woods uh, out behind the house, doing what most you know most of us did as kids, poking at the ground with a stick. Just 
fucking around with sticks. I'd poke trees because I'm like, fuck you, Trio, is poking me with your branches. How does it feel, huh? How do you like it? I'm going to poke you with one of your own. Yeah. <laughs> this was your cousin once. They'd be like poking somebody with a dead person's hand. Fuck <laughs> them. So he and his friend were, uh, they were out playing and, uh, you know, just being kids, you know, normal, like 10, 11 year old kids, whatever. Until they came across a human skull. Well, that was kind of sticking up from the ground a little bit. So I picked it up. Horatio, how did I know thee? <laughs> oh, God, you fucking dork. So unlike most kids that probably would have freaked out and run away screaming, Eric was like, oh, that's cool. Maybe, that would have been me. Maybe showing signs of, you know, definitely being his father's son. Or he's just an 11-year-old kid. Yeah, or that's true. Dude, when I was a kid, I saw some crazy shit and be like, oh, look at that fucking thing. That's kind of cool. I, I saw like a, I don't know, what was it, a skull of... Uh, Bobcat or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but that's different. That's woods. not a human skull. Whatever. Still, I would have probably done the same thing. Animal skulls are supposed to be in the woods. People skulls aren't. <laughs> you don't know this. So Eric decided this is pretty fucking neat. He's gonna go put it on his teacher's desk. <laughs> <laughs> actually, Call back. Better actually. He picked the head up and put it on the top of the stick that he he'd been using. <laughs> nice. And starts running back to the house with it. <laughs> Him and his buddy got this idea. I bet we can use this and scare my sister. So, oh. so their plan was they were going to go up outside her window and like hold it up on the stick. Booga, and, booga, 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 <laughs> exactly. Like tap the window with a skull to get her attention. Be like <laughs> with it and run away. I kind of like these kids. But underst- uh, unfortunately, <laughs> did did he catch him? Be like, put no, that back. No. You pull my dead boyfriend back in there. <laughs> I mean, did I say that out loud? Put Charles back where you found him, you son of a bitch! Um, <laughs> Put that back right now! Don't run this. It's there for a reason. <laughs> but unfortunately, before he got to the window, Mother Julie fucking intercepted him and was like, "Oh yeah, you're not fucking with your sister with a skull, you little creep." And yeah, use a femur. Yeah, right, dummy. So, understandably freaked out by what her, her son has found, Julie demanded that Eric show her exactly where he found the skull. Uh, when they got back out there, uh, where Eric had found it, she just kind of poking around, found a couple more bones. So this is when the uh, the, the pooch screwing kind of begins big time for Julie. Uh, she decided not to report the remains, but wanted to wait and talk to Herb about it before she said anything to the police. Automatically, that's like her covering it up. Yes. Like, I guarantee she knew what was going on, but she just didn't want to be... Seen in a negative light. So it's like, I don't care what you're doing. And again, we've established from the previous episode, this is of the era where homosexuality was seen as a don't say anything, mm-hmm. don't ask, don't tell, don't let anybody know. All right, if you're getting rid of them, that's fine. You're getting your jellies off, that's fine. Just don't bring it in the house. Don't right. Don't let it affect my life or our kids' lives and keep paying bills as fucked up as it sounds. It sounds like she was like, it's your dumb little hobby, I'll let it be. So be- Because at this point... I- at this point in time, by not reporting these uh, like remains, she's an accessory. She's committing a felony. Yeah, she, but fa- failure to report a death. But is a felony. at the same time, they can't. She can't be implicated because it's called pillow talk. So no, it's not. Her, when you find physical evidence, it's no longer pillow talk. But yeah, if he she, told her, well, no, yeah. I don't. He, think nev- he, he never, he, never once did he say a word to her yeah, about any okay. of this. He barely said anything to anybody about anything. It's just the fact of I think she had an idea what was going on. And she and wanted to just keep her life as normal as possible. Yeah, because possible. it's not directly as much as it sucks, but it's not killing anybody that they're friends with. 
He's still making money. He's still paying the bills. And she probably doesn't want to drag her life or her kid's life through that whole thing. He can have the fuck off moment, whatever he wants to do. But as long as it doesn't directly affect her and the kids, because every time he did all this, they were gone. Yep. Like there was no one there. So I think she kind of was like, all right, this is his weekend to get his rocks off. Let's just go over to my sisters or somebody, you know. But she technically would, if she, if if he did get caught for it, or whatever, and she knew, she technically wouldn't have to testify against him. No, but but they could still charge her because she knew about it and didn't say anything. Oh yeah, they could charge her, but you know. But the the whole thing where she said that, um, you know, where, so she should have called the police immediately. Obviously, like we we're just saying. Um, Definitely. After everything was said and done with the case, like this is kind of jumping forward a little bit. Uh, her neighbors would actually say that there is n- probably no way that she would not have found bones before this or after this at any point in time because Julie was a very avid gardener. She liked planting like trees and her vegetables and stuff like that. So she was always out digging around in the ground, out in the woods, stuff like that. So she probably would have stumbled across some of this shit at some point. That's why I think she probably knew about something. Yeah. She must have. But if he, if, well, yeah, I mean, unless even he if he didn't a- tell her, I'm just saying, like, she must have somehow known. Even Gacy's wife had a, an inclination at some point, and with the stench and everything, I honestly think that her Baumeister's wife knew something was going yeah. on. Kind of reminds me of, uh, unless he did, unless he did it, like, I, I'm, I'm not just trying to, like, give devil's advocate here. Unless he did it while they were, Always gone on that vacation. That's exactly when he and, was, when and he was doing just, it. You know, yeah, that's why I just said is that he, he because anytime she they would go, he would stay back. So I guarantee that she knew like he must have had more than just hiding his straight lace. That there might have been some homosexual tendencies that she knew about, but she just ignored him because she didn't want it to directly affect her or her kid's life. Yeah, but the disposal of the bodies because she, he burnt them because that's how he got rid of them was burning them. So that smell that won't go away though. And you're uh, like, if it's relatively close to your house and depending on the wind, it'll be stinking up everything. I don't know. I mean, I'll take, I'm saying I'll she's I'll not innocent. Your, I'll take your word for it. I I'm just saying she's not innocent. Yeah. So when, when Julie finally confronted Herb about the bones, he played it off by saying they were props from his father's days at Indiana university at, as a medical student. So why would you take a medical skeleton and bury it in the woods? You wouldn't, because, you know. <laughs> You'd throw it away. Yeah, so she, again, she found the explanation a little odd, because well, she didn't she didn't remember having a full skeleton laying around anywhere that in the house or storage, but it could have, it, she said it could have been hard to remember, considering that uh, their entire home, like, on the inside was, like we were talking about off air, kind of a shithole, because they were both pack rats, and they refused to throw shit away, and... But then, well, then again, if you did throw it away, though... I mean, somebody would be suspicious over that. So right. why wouldn't you bury it? Well, I mean, it, you know? uh, I mean probably they're not using medi- plastic skeletons, and that's yeah. probably using real ones. Yeah, but I mean, even a medical skeleton, you could look at it and go, okay, this is a medical skeleton because it's got metal, the, like, yeah, like metal clips. rods and shit holding it together. And they also had, like, boxes of paperwork from, um, from Save-A-Lot and just family knickknacks and shit like that all over the mm-hmm. place. So meanwhile, back in Indianapolis, Mark Goodyear had become annoyed with, uh, with working with the uh, the IMPD, which is, I'm going to refer to him as that from now on, the Indianapolis Metro Police Department. And he would eventually cross paths with uh, with Virgil Vandegraaff, our PI from last week. Um, his Boom, friend, broom extraordinaire. <laughs> mustache expert, Virgil Vandegraaff. His frustration was actually uh, 
predicted by Baumeister, who said that the police would not take him seriously because he was a gay man. And, uh, you know, because they're like, whatever. It'd be like them listening to homeless people for tips on a murder. They're not going to give a shit. So with all of this bullshit, like all this stuff going on, he decided to begin working with Vandegrift instead of the police. And as part of the working partnership that Goodyear would have with Vandegrift and his, uh, his agency, he did a full taped interview telling them everything he knew. It was from this interview and the description of the property that had been, that he had been brought back to, uh, that Vandegrift could create a detailed map of the possible area of where the house was because he had a, a, a general idea of what town he was in, you know, that kind of thing like that. Kind of like name and also the name of, of the place, right? It was like, cause he knew like Fox. It was, it was something, know. something farm is what he, what he yeah, could like remember. Fox yeah. farm or Fox something, but didn't know. So since, uh, since the property was surrounded by horse fencing, which is another thing that he brought up. Did he actually have horses? They did have horses. I'm sorry. I was just, I yep. was just questioning. Yep, you they, know? they did. Um, this this helped to determine that the property was either in Carmel or Westfield, uh, both of which were just north of Indianapolis by whatever, quick car ride. Mm-hmm. So after they got the uh, the description of, uh, of everything, the PI and his team started driving around and eventually came across the pro- uh, property with a long winding driveway, just as Goodyear described with a nameplate reading Fox Hollow Farm. So the team staked out the property and took uh, a whole bunch of like pictures and shit. And they brought him back to show Goodyear, but he couldn't really make much in the line of anything about him because when he got back there, it was dark. Yeah, it's going to be kind of difficult like to set the scene when you can't, uh, can't see certain landmarks or certain things. Exactly. Except yeah. for what may be lit up. Yeah, I, I wanted to say it was night, but I couldn't remember if it was Yeah, when, when he went back with Herb, it was it was night because, you know. Herbie don't do anything yeah. in daylight. Everyone will see that. Herbie don't rip. fuck in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone will see Herbie's got a rap face. No, we're going to talk about Herbie being weird about his his sexy time stuff, too. So during the stakeout, uh, Vandegrift received word of a cold case out of Ohio that seemed like it actually fit the whole profile of the guy that they're hunting pretty well with everything that was going on in Indy. Uh, The case had been called the I-70 Strangler, where several gay men had been uh, strangled and dumped on this one stretch of uh, I-70 that runs through Ohio and Indiana. I-70 is a pretty big a pretty big section of highway. So Vandegrift immediately called David Linda, uh, Lindoff, who's the lead investigator for the case out of Ohio. Uh, Lindoff said that Vandegrift uh, said, I'm sorry, Lindoff, whew, Lindoff said to Vandegrift, you got two gay guys missing. Well, guess what? I know of 12 murders and most of them are gay guys from Indianapolis. Well, a little bit of a common occurrence there. Yeah. With a common occurrence with uh, a, <coughs> fairly close mo for what you're doing to kill these guys off were they too. were they strangled too as well yes sir oh shit okay coincidence maybe but maybe not. could be i mean seeming like it most serial killers there's if you really look at them there's not a lot of people that that do shit like you know you got ted bundy like to strangle people jeffrey Dahmer like to strangle people like so really i mean was it you know he he tested the waters outside of of his playground. Could be, or again, it could be a complete coincidence. But do you ever live in Ohio? Wherever it was this was no, no. He you lived in Indianapolis, but it's not a, not like it's a crazy long drive. I mean, well, if this case the was it again the highway the I seventy nine I seventy I seventy case if it was publicized at all, and he may have picked up the idea from it. 
maybe yeah. like a copycat thing if it wasn't like him testing his waters outside of his neighborhood and then getting lazy. But I mean, that's it. Yeah. And this guy is totally fucking opposite of everybody else, you know, because. You know, you don't – as most serial killers, you don't shit where you sleep, you know? Yeah, they want to go outside because yeah. they're like, well, because if somebody notices you walking in and out of that bar, just one person recognizes you, be like, hey, is that Herb? Like, just one random time, then all of a sudden now people start talking and now people start coming up missing and then – or you meet somebody you never expected to meet there that you yeah. didn't realize was gay as well, and then now you're automatically put into that pool of – well, why is he here? He's technically a straight man, but he's here at this this bar. What's going on here? And they're going to start piecing more puzzle, like it, in that puzzle. Yeah. yeah, and you don't bring your you don't bring your your work back home with you, you know, to as as, as this would oh, be, but it to was, do it. It wasn't his house. Remember, he was just the, the groundskeeper there. Yeah, no, he was <laughs> saying that. Yeah, he was taking care of it for his boss. Yeah. So just just to get an idea, from Indianapolis to Dayton, Ohio, which is the the biggest town I could find in Ohio that's right near the border that's on I seventy, yeah. it's less than two hours. So that's that's a fucking It's a quick getaway. It's I a mean quick, it's yeah. if the family goes on a vacation Friday night, yep. peel out, do your business, be back Sunday before they get back. Shit, you stop and get a burger on your way home, whatever. Maybe yeah. like us <clears throat> going from here to Albany. Yeah. Pretty much. That's um, uh I mean yeah, that's you know, like I said, you know, he he just Seems like he made the mistake of bringing bringing work home, which you know you shouldn't do ever. Because well, as we're seeing, it's coming. It's on. It's kind of like unraveling pretty pretty kind of quick with this PI yeah. because he's getting, you know, he brought this guy to his house the, and he did shit. The only the only mistake that I can see that he made is he let Mark Goodyear get away. If he hadn't done that, I don't think he would have gotten caught. Really, he he left a witness. <laughs> well, isn't that what got uh, Dahmer too? And wasn't a witness or yeah, but, a few other yeah. things. The police fucked that one up because they gave him the witness back who he killed later that night. Yeah, but I mean, well, there was a guy that did escape though. And yes, then at the he ver- at the very very end. Yes, so that's yeah, because that's, like, that's what I thought it was. Yes. Because there was one person that got away, gave a description of what was going on, and then like, oh, okay, now we have a description. Now we know who to watch. Yeah, same yeah. thing with like a Gacy. Didn't one of Gacy's people get away or something? Or no. they. No, Gacy, John Wayne Gacy invited the police into his house to to go. Oh yeah, no, I've got nothing to hide. And okay. One of the one of the de- uh, one of the detectives goes Listen. in and takes a piss and flushes the toilet, and he got that smell of dead. Death. And that's a smell that if you've ever dealt with it, you know what that fucking smell smells exactly like. And he's like, I don't know how those bodies got there. Yeah. Wait, I'm just storing them from somebody else. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. I'm uh, holding them for a friend, mom. <laughs> mom, I'm holding them for a friend. I learned it from you, dad. Whoa. <laughs> Um, Bullshit you did. So the so uh, Lindoff and Vandegraaff kind of came to the agreement that there is most likely a link between these two cases. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very, very similar with uh, M.O.s. M.O. and Target and stuff like that. Remembering how badly Goodyear had been treated by the IMPD, he made sure to word his news that he had learned very carefully. Uh, the police are much more receptive to a, a, a respected private investigator and a former police officer, which uh, Vandegrift was, uh, than they were to a random gay man off the streets. Yeah, because they don't know if the, the gay man is just going nuts or crazy right. or just trying to pretty much point out like something bad to one of their quote-unquote head, figureheads of the community. Yeah. Where Vandegrift has this laundry list of accomplishments and I hate to say it, if this time seen as more respected because of what he's done, what he's capable of, and 
pretty much, I hate to say it, but probably because he's a straight white man. Yeah. During this time, and they would rather listen to him than the other than the victim. This this is a guy that's got a mantle full of mustache awards too. Yeah. <laughs> um, mustache Mountain awards. But this this is also that kind of time period where being gay automatically had you associated with being a drug addict. You know, or riddled with AIDS. Exactly. Yep. That's. It's just how the fucking you 90s were. You got the AIDS. Yeah. You Greg, you got the AIDS. Fucking Sorry. Magic Johnson's had AIDS since 1931, and he's, he's still alive. H- he's had HIV. <sighs> Whatever. Yeah, because he can afford the actual good medication. Yeah. Which is just like $150,000 run through a blender and shot Indio. Pretty yeah. much. Blood of the virgins. That was on South Park. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Stole it from somebody else this time. Yeah. So it was only after Vandegrift gave the IMPD the information he had learned that the police jumped back into the investigation. Uh, it was at this point that Detective Mary uh, Detective Mary Wilson of the Marion County uh, Sheriff's Department um, took charge of the uh, the missing persons case, who was, and uh, obviously she became tasked with finding information on these on these guys. Um, Wait, Mar- hold on. Well, I'm sorry. Oh, stop. Uh, I hate to do it, but. Um for Ohio or is she for oh, um, in- that that was my fault. She is in uh Indianapolis. Uh, not Indianapolis, but Indiana. Okay. Missing persons for who? For Indiana. No, 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 no. Who, who's who is she looking up for that's because of the missing persons case? The missing gay men? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. My, I was just like Signal so got to here, got to here, got to here, went up. Came here, then got to here, then now it can come. Somebody's to, been doing yeah. circuit work in Spider-Man. <laughs> Dude, I'm fucking on point. <laughs> My brain was just kind of like, huh? Why is she top? Wait a minute. <laughs> Why are you a part of this case, lady? <laughs> but, Get out of here. But Mary, Mary Wilson is a fucking badass. She okay, is yeah. actually, she's actually one of the people that helped to crack this whole fucking she, thing wide open. Bring him down. She, yeah, she was. She played a big part in the entire case. Um. She'd already been uh, been contacted by Alan Broussard's mother, who we spoke about last week, who was one mm. of the uh, one of the missing men that eventually the police would have to look into because the police didn't want to do shit. No, because they didn't give a fuck. Um, Wasn't there another one too? Right? Yeah, there, there's there was a few that had gone missing you, at this point. You said that yeah. another somebody um, else went to um, Vander. Uh, yeah, God damn it, I can't remember. Well, oh, Mark, Mark Goodyear is working with Vandegrift. Um, but he had spoke to another person's mother. I can't remember the the guy's name either. Oh, I thought you had said last week that there was two people that had gone to Vandegrift. No, nope. just uh, just good. Uh, two was, mean two two families. No, it was just the one family. Um, but, okay. Yeah, okay. I I could be wrong. I don't remember. Last week was a fucking blur. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, just... So she had already been contacted by Alan Broussard's mother, uh, so she was fam- uh, familiar with parts of the case. Mm. Uh, Wilson contacted Mark Goodyear. Who gave her? Uh, who gave his story to her? Even though he had a like a really shit time dealing with the India with the police before, uh, he had an immediately really good relationship with Wilson. Uh, she was able to create a good enough uh, friendship with him, pretty much that um, she ended up talking him into going with her to just drive by Fox Hollow Farm. So yeah, she she actually talked him into going back to where he was almost killed with her. So that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't imagine being that guy of like, oh, I had this happen, this experience, this experience, and it's like, okay, well, I want you to go back and let's talk about this, and I want you to really see it, and then make sure before we progress, this is what you saw. It's like, how many people are like, no, man, I'll just tell you this. It's like, a lot of times it feels like that's just made for TV, that's like, 
yeah, well, yeah, I'll definitely go. And it's this, this, and they would like help crack the case open. It's like really deep down inside. I don't know if I would go. There, there, there's got to be some kind of a level of PTSD to that too, where you're like, I almost fucking died here. I don't want to go back. Yeah, you yeah know? definitely. Easily. Um, and it was around the same time in 1994 that uh, that Eric found the skull. Um, is around the same time that Goodyear and uh, Detective Wilson took their little ride. Um, they drove around the area for almost three hours, and Goodyear and Wilson returned to Indianapolis with no irrefutable proof that this was actually the location. Um, Goodyear at this point in time was starting to get more and more nervous about his own safety um, when out of nowhere... Her Baumeister, her Baumeister showed up at the friend's house that he was staying at. Oh, fuck. <laughs> he had... Yeah. Just wow. you, you, hear of, the, you hear the door open? Yeah. H- hello? Hey, guy, how you doing? Fuck, <laughs> <What>? no! <laughs> Call the cops instantly and just like, get this crazy fucker away from me. He had never given Baumeister the address, and when he spoke to Wilson, he said, how the hell did he get my address? I didn't even uh, I didn't even stay there all the time. He called me on his cell phone, tells me that he, he'll be there in half an hour. Before I know it, he's at my door. Well, does he still have connections to the DMV? Baumeister? Yeah. Yes. Because if Baumeister has connections to the DMV, it takes one person to be like, hey, um, I'm trying to get a hold of my buddy. He left some stuff and his phone's not working and I don't know his address. Hey, what's his address? I know we're not supposed to do this, but sh- I won't tell anybody, you know, come on, please. I did, remember that one thing I did for you. Come on, man. But the and thing, they get it. And then, but the thing is he didn't, he wasn't staying at his own house. He was staying at a friend's house. But if he, if he was ever going back to his place to grab some stuff or some things, Follow him. That's exactly. True. That's true. Cause we've already established Baumeister can pretty much come and go as he pleases. Yeah. He's very smart, super intelligent. It would take no time at all for him to f- be able to pick up the pieces and just see him one time. Like, see him out walking around with this guy or his friend is, whoever it is. Like, okay, and now I'm going to watch him. And and that that's a good point because... I follow you guys in traffic and you guys would never know. Because he would have actually had to physically track him because uh, Mark Goodyear had never had a utility bill or a phone bill in his name at this point in time, up to this point in time in his life. So he would have had to physically track him. Small enough town, also small community too. Like, he goes back to the bar, I guarantee... This guy isn't going back to the gay bar. So Baumarcy goes and is like, hey, I'm trying to find him. You know, like we were talking and he left some stuff in my house. Do you know where he's staying or where I can find him? Yeah. Oh, he's staying with so-and-so. Oh, yeah, where's that? Oh, okay. Thanks, man. So so this definitely upset Goodyear. Um, Rightfully so. Who was was a little irritated that Baumeister seemed to be better at finding him than the police were at finding Baumeister at this point. So Baumeister, wow. Baumeister's visit had been brief but frightening to Goodyear, who tried to, to tried to be as brave as possible um, with the guy who tried to kill him standing on the other side of the door frame talking to him. Tell me he called the cops. Well, Baumeister acted like nothing strange had ever happened between the two, and he told Goodyear <laughs> that, yeah. And he's like, hey, we should hang out and try that again soon. <laughs> to which wow. I would have gone, <laughs> fucking like instant cold chills, you know? Like, no, sorry, man. I'm not into you anymore. So Goodyear came up with some actually pretty good excuses to, as to why that wasn't. I'm straight. <laughs> I really like the vagina. I faked it. <laughs> yeah. You see, it's not it's not me. It's you, yeah. and I'm not into garden hoses or mannequins <laughs> watching me or you know ending up as plant food for your wife's garden. I have become a priest. 
or to st- steal another line from Archer, it's not you. It's just your wimpy, girly hands. <laughs> uh, so one of, one of the good reasons that Goodyear came up with is he's like, well, I probably shouldn't even be talking to you. My boyfriend's asleep in the other room. The mention of a boyfriend scared <laughs> scared off the usually effeminate and normally timid Herb Baumeister. Goodyear said that he was so scared that he couldn't get his shit together enough to get a plate number on Baumeister's car. Uh, that it, it was parked right outside in full view. He he had a look. He could see the plate number, but he was so fucking shaken up that he couldn't like. Understandable, exactly. man. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that'd be like coming face to face with a fucking, you know, a grizzly bear and going, "Okay, what color was the tree behind it?" There was a fucking tree behind it. I don't yeah. know. Well, that's the thing is you you <laughs> no. hear this. Yeah. Open up the door, and then you don't know if he has a gun, you don't know if he has a knife, you don't know if he has a garden hose, you don't know if he's just there in a trench coat and nothing yeah. else. Like, happy birthday. Yeah. You yeah. have no idea what he's going to do. And now it's like you thought you were in a safe place, and now your little safe haven, your like little protection zone is gone. Like, where else is he going to go now? Yeah. Can't go to his house or where he was staying. Because Baumeister knows where his house was. Exactly. Now you can't go stay here at his friend's house. So it's like, okay, well, now who else can he stay with? Now what else is he going to be able to do? Yep. He's kind of screwed. So this unwanted visit bore nothing other than scaring the living shit out of Mark Goodyear. He got no useful information on, you know, Mm. understandably, like we just said, because fuck. Uh, Detective Wilson, knowing that Goodyear was still an active member of the gay community and uh, still went out to the bars and whatnot, she told him that they would have to get uh, Baumeister out so that they could get a good look at the plates. So again, we're going to use this guy as bait to fucking pull this predator out of his hole and try to find ways to get a hold of him. Why not just use somebody else? Like, as much as it sucks, this guy is already, like, pretty much on walking on a thin line of, like, complete mental breakdown or also feeling like he's going to get killed every time he goes outside. Use somebody else. Use this. Do you want to, at this point, do you know what this makes me kind of feel like? That they didn't care whether he lived or died? Halloween. Pretty much. I don't give a fuck about anybody. I want to kill Lori. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, he was not interested in anybody else. Mark Goodyear was his dude. Like, this is the guy I want because... This is my, if, it, if I'm going down, at least I'm taking this one yes. with me. <laughs> and if I can take him down before I go, then maybe I won't go at all. Yeah. So Goodyear admitted that this was a, a very, very low point in his life, and he often broke down. Um, when he would see the posters of the missing men that he knew. I mean, understandably, you're, some of your friends are dead and you know who did it, but you can't yeah, do anything about it. Yeah, It's got to be a fucked up situation to be in. He also started talking to... Actually, here's the other person's name that you were talking about before, and I apologize because I could not remember it. Uh, he started talking to Roger Goodlett's mother and uh, some of the other acquaintances that him and Roger shared. I thought that was his last name, not for the... like. Sorry, off topic. What's that? Roger Goodlett's mother. I thought his last name was Goodlett's mother. Because the way you said that so smoothly, it was like, wow, that's a cool last name. Sorry. Oh, no problem. Uh, so uh, Goodyear started going to all the local gay bars, and his efforts finally paid off August 25th of 1995. Goodyear and a few of his friends were at a bar called the Varsity Lounge, which is oh. kind of a weird one. but Sports bar? No, actually, it was a chat. They play chess there. <laughs> nice. It was a smoking lounge. They just smoke cigars and shit. Uh, oh, is that what they call? It? <laughs> <laughs> it's a music club. We play the skin flute. <laughs> I like that you automatically went to the final countdown. 
Because whoever gets out first wins. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, because that's the gayest song ever. <laughs> Actually, I like that song. Me too. But whatever. Still anyway. trying to find out what's the, what it's counting down till. Coming. Oh. Nice. Yeah. Sploosh. It's kind of like that song, Turning Japanese. It's about jacking off, Oh, too. I meant to ask you. How's Jill doing? She's good. <laughs> uh, I meant to ask you that at the beginning of the show, and I totally forgot. Till now. <laughs> so, Goodyear and a few of his friends are out. Uh, okay, we already said that part. Yep, you did. Uh, Idiot. Goodyear looked up from his conversation to see her Baumeister walking into the club. I'll be like, check, please. When he saw Baumeister, Goodyear said to said to his friends, kind of like trying to keep quiet, like, hey, you know, he goes, that's him. That's the guy that killed Alan. I'm going to go distract him. Uh, Baumeister spotted Goodyear and headed straight for him. Just fucking made a beeline right for him. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Goodyear told his friends, uh, told one of his friends, get a pencil and paper from the bartender, go out to the parking lot and stay there until you see him get in a car. Don't leave until you see him come out. Don't leave until you see him get in a car and be sure to get the license plate number. Yeah, because I don't want to do this shit ever no. again. So, I mean, at this point in time, it, to me, it sounds like he's kind of keeping his cool about it. Maybe he's starting to want to fight back a little bit. Like, fuck this guy. I want him gone. Yeah, man. Yeah. One of the stages. You know, this this is his stabbing Michael Myers in the eye with a fucking coat hanger scene. But, yeah, Michael Myers doesn't go away, yeah. though. So, he picked his friend Albert to be the one to uh, to take up spy duty. And he said, don't fuck up, Albert. Get the number, no matter what. Oh, I'm gonna send Herb after you. So when Baumeister got to him, Goodyear uh, Goodyear screwed a shit-eating grin on his face and yelled, "Hey guys, looky here! It's Brian or whatever his name is. Come <laughs> shake the hand of the guy who killed all these guys. He strangled them. He said this to a bar full of people, loud enough that people heard him. Wow. Yeah. The whole bar turned their attention to him and Baumeister, who roughly patted Goodyear on the shoulder. Goodyear responded to this by again yelling, show him the trick you showed me, that thing where you put your hands here, and he put his hands around Baumeister's neck. Instead of making Baumeister nervous, Herb seemed to enjoy the attention and then put his hands around Goodyear's neck and said, no, no, you do it like this, and then he pressed his thumbs against each side of uh, Goodyear's windpipe. You pinch it just enough to shut the oxygen off to the brain. It's such a rush. Like in a bar full of people. Yep. That takes some heavy stones there, bro. Yep. So this is kind of the the mask slipping on Herb Baumeister for a second, where the public is not necessarily seeing the family man, the business owner. They're starting to see the monster for just like just just enough. Just the monster underneath the underneath the flesh. Yep. So after Baumeister decided to leave, he walked around the parking lot, suspicious that something may be going on. He walked around for about 30 minutes, and then he started walking down the block towards his car. But fucking King Badass Albert was in hot pursuit, careful to stay out of sight, and when Herb Baumeister climbed into his car, Albert got a perfectly good look at the plate and wrote it down. It was an Indiana plate, 75237A. And I think we're going to take a quick break right here um, for some sponsorship stuff. Station identification. Exactly. So <laughs> For a pee break, a drink break, because I already <clears throat> bumblefucked through a few things. Yeah, absolutely. Here's where you get your, re- your refill. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to take a quick break.
Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell Technologies solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash Tech. Support for this podcast comes from Stella Artois. This summer, enjoy the life Artois. You can experience it anywhere from your patio to the tidal basin. All it takes is being present, being there with the people you love and a cold Stella Artois in hand. Wherever you are, you're never too far from the life Artois. Stella Artois. Please enjoy responsibly. Wow, did you hear those? Those are some pretty badass sponsors, right? Dude, fan fucking fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna Dems was a good ones. We're gonna get back into it. Jump into the deep end of this shit pool. Whoop, oh, I went Ooh. too far. Shitty situation. Ooh. So when investigators finally traced the plate, they found heaps of information. They found the plate that was registered to her Baumeister, obviously. Wasn't that dude that he stole the keys from and then played a little bumper cars with? <laughs> no. But uh, the information they had was Herb's old address in, uh, in Indianapolis at 5356 East, uh, East 72nd Street. This was helpful because it led them to the fact that Baumeister owned the chain of Save-A-Lot stores in Indianapolis and the surrounding area. And the stores had kind of in the last year or so before this had kind of started to fall into some financial hardship and stuff. Mm. Um, they also found Herb's criminal history, including the vehicle theft conspiracy charges that it, I'm sorry. They also found, uh, found Herb's criminal history, including the vehicle theft and conspiracy charges that had been dropped in 1985. Oh, Herbie. Yeah. They also found that in 1991, he had filed for divorce, but his wife never found out about it because after he filed, he went, eh, never mind, and kind of mm-hmm. got got rid of it. The part that threw the investigators off was that all of this information was linked to his old address, which was the first house that him and Julie had owned together. Um, and there was no no mention at all of Fox Hollow Farms where he was currently living. So how do you keep that off the books? That's a good question. Well... Wait a minute. Unless he, he, he just never changed his address for anything. Okay, yeah, because he, if he, was it the DMV, right? No, he wasn't at the DMV at this no, no, point. No, 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 I'm saying that they, they got this through, like, DMV records or whatever because they yes. got. Okay, so he oh, never changed it. Yeah, yeah, that is possible, yeah, because he, before he left, they may have changed it. And then before he quit, he might have just went, put that back to there, put that back to there, boom, boom, done. Yep. Because he was. That's a very good point because I didn't think about that because I was like, well. He would still know, and if he can get in there, he'll go visit his friends, take take a few seconds. Well, because, yeah, he was also not in Fox, at Fox Hollow when he... It was at the DMV. No, 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 he wasn't at Fox Hollow. He didn't move there until after... The DMV. DMV. Yep. But the worst, the worst part about this whole thing is that the fact that all of this stuff was being traced back to his older address actually led the police to start doubting Goodyear's story about where the house was and all of this because you're like, Oh, well, if this is the guy you're lying about where he lives. Yeah. You have yeah, no there, proof. There's no, there's no actual yeah. Fox, whatever there, you know, and there wasn't this or that. 
But after after they continued digging through like the paperwork, they did find a few items um, that some of his employees had filled out for him, uh, like some paperwork, whatever. And they found uh, they found a new address listed on it at eleven eleven one fifty sixth South Street in Westfield. Just as Goodyear described for location. Huh. Baumeister made sure that all of his paperwork was linked back to his old house. He did not catch these couple, whatever the hell they were, that had his current address on them. Sometimes it's hard to live a lie like that because, you ha- you, you know, every once in a while there will be a little thing where you finally fuck up. Yep. And it wasn't even him that fucked up. It was one of his employees that fucked up and went, that's not his, that's not his address and, like, whatever. And Well, it's not so much a fuck up. It's yeah. Just, it's just, they were know. doing their job well. Yeah, the employee <laughs> was actually doing what they were supposed to do. I mean, at this point in time, right here, this employee of his deserves more credit for finding him than the fucking police do because they didn't give a shit about any of this. They didn't care that they had a a fucking sociopath loose in the the wild. They didn't care that they had a fucking half score of missing dead men at this point in time. Didn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. So with all the evidence pointing towards Baumeister mounting up, Detective Detective Wilson followed up and took a trip to Fox Hollow Farms herself. When she arrived there, she became confident that this was for sure the place that Mark Goodyear had been brought to. Just to be safe, while she was there, she wrote down the plate numbers from the three vehicles that were in uh, in the parking lot. Um, Driveway. Yeah, either way. <laughs> well, I mean, a, a place like that, it well, could, it could like legitimately a be a parking lot. Yeah, 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 no. It's like a parking lot. And actually, I didn't put it in here, but I in that book that I was reading that I, I showed you, um, as she's getting ready to leave... She goes to get back in her car, and Eric had come out the front door and been like, hey, can I help you with something? Like, this little kid, she's like, nope, I'm, I got the wrong address. I'm sorry. And she just fucking backed up right out of the driveway. See ya. Yep. Plate so, smooth. Exactly. So after running the plate number, she found exactly what she was looking for, which was the white truck in the driveway that matched the one uh, that had been seen cruising the gay bars in Indy. So she had a picture printed out. From his uh, from Herb's 1985 arrest and began circulating uh, circulating it around the bars and clubs. Was every- this the guy? Yeah, yeah getting e- all exactly. That so every club that they brought the photo to, people at each people yeah. at each one of the clubs that they brought these pictures to recognized him. Yeah, I know Mark. Yeah, yeah, Brian, whatever or the Brian fuck his name would, is. Yeah, the, yeah. I know Terry. Maybe it's Mark at this one. Maybe it's fucking Brian at that one. Uh, no, his name. This actually, this guy's name is Herb. Yeah. What? Hobear. So, uh, or they probably even said, "Do you know, you know, Herb Baumeister?" I I don't think they would have even said, "Hey, do you?" And given him a name, I think they would have just been like, "Do you recognize this guy?" Yeah, 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 I know him. Exactly, because you don't want to start leading people on. True. Yeah, you're you're right. So, with everything starting to fall into place for the invest, what's up? Have you seen this man? Why? Have you seen this man? This man gave me some nasty shit. You may want to go get yourself checked out. If you've been with this Herb guy, he gave the wrong name. And what you know before that, you got yourself some STDs. Oh, wow. I just saw him another He day. does not believe in using protection. Have, have you seen met this man? You? Yeah, Seriously. I, I have seen him. I well, will the- you tell that son of a bitch that you see him again? I am not very happy with him. You you may want to get to tell him to go with the doctors because there's some stuff that's going on down there that I don't know where it came from. I thought maybe maybe him, maybe before me. I don't know, but you may want to get yourself checked out. He was supposed to help me pick out a gazebo this weekend, and he stood me up. That son of a bitch. Whoa. What, what a, a fucker. That was mean. Oh, my God. What a bitch. 
<laughs> you, well, if you see him, you just let me know. <laughs> so with everything, uh, with everything starting to fall into place for the investigation, there was one last thing she wanted to check out. She went to the neighbors of that lived next door to Fox Hollow Farm and asked if they, hey, have you ever been to the neighbor's house? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they have a pool there? Yeah, they've got one inside. They've got an in, uh, indoor uh, pool, in-ground indoor pool. And Detective Wilson's like, fucking score. Got you, motherfucker. For three from downtown, bitch. High five. Yeah. Nobody's even fucking guarding me. Just easy. Detective Wilson then started posing as a customer trying to accidentally, on purposely, bump into her Bowmeister at one of the uh, the Save-A-Lot stores. On November 1st, with help from another detective named Thomas Green, because, you know, she'd been trying this for a couple of weeks, just trying to, you know, like, oh, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Hey, are you this guy? So at this point in time, she's just like, fuck it, we're getting another detective. And they walked right into the store, right up to the register, and asked to speak to the owner. Cashier, doing their job, went into the back room and actually came back with her Baumeister. And what are the chances he's actually at that particular store? Yeah, I mean, there was like three or four of them. So 25% that he's going to be at that one. But still, though, they may let you know, but like, oh, he's not here, but he's actually at the store, you know, across the street or whatever. Not across the street, but across town. Oh, yeah. If they were in However, that would have been fucking cool to walk in there and be like, dude, we have like 10 stores to pick. Let's start with this one. We should have worked, right? <laughs> one and done. Yeah, <clears throat> they do like little one of those little uh, crystals or whatever. Like, <laughs> where is her? It's one, of those, one of those little water finding rods, <laughs> the little guiling rods, God, and fucking the dousing. two rods. Yeah, they go back and forth. <laughs> Shit! Find the Whoa! Dou- find the douchebag. Find the douchebag. Okay, here we are. In they I- crossed. Oh, he's here! He's here! I know. I know. Seth's gonna pick on me for this one, but it's like supernatural where they get the thing, the the bowl of blood. Where is he? <laughs> okay. Okay. And they just go. <laughs> I never watched Supernatural. Oh, it's a fucking great show. It nope. Uh, so. I like make fun of you for a show that I've never seen. It's a good show, though. It's really, it really it, it's yeah. fucking awesome. Uh, we've talked about this. <laughs> um, so, Baumeister was just as Mark Goodyear described him. Tall, effeminate, with pouty lips, and slightly leathery skin. He's got like 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 big juicy lips, but his skin looks like football. <laughs> uh, and the the leathery skin was most likely due to repeated trips to the tanning bed. Yeah, because he liked to take care of himself. Yeah, he looked like a piece of human jerky with Angelina Jolie lips. One of these things. Actually, actually sounded like one of the one of the gay guys from Letterkenny. I don't know. All I know is, is like this guy just seems like he's just wants to be a stereotype. He he pretty much is a stereotype. You know, it's just like God damn it. So uh, Herb also carried himself with an air of privilege and seemed pretty pissy about being interrupted in the middle of his his day. Makes sense because of we talked about his parents were you know of the higher sort yeah. in the neighborhood and all the other shit. So. So Detective Wilson was, I'm assuming, a little irritated with the fact that this guy's being a cunt to her. So she immediately <laughs> drops the hammer on his bullshit and comes right out and says, hey, uh, we're here investigating all these missing gay men. Get your fucking well, shit over here. I don't know here. what you're talking about. Well, I am not gay. <laughs> when, when she mentioned Probably that. Probably did say that. Yeah. More than once, actually. When he mentioned that, Herb reacted with immediate anxiety 
uh, as he freaked out, he told the detectives he would be happy to cooperate with them, but I'm really busy right now. Could you possibly come by later this afternoon? I'm trying to find a new victim. I mean, <clears throat> a new man to get on my, <laughs> my water hosing on. That's why I call it now, water hosing. Yeah, duh. Water sports. Yes. You ever done it before? Yeah. It's great. I'm trying to put on a good show for my mannequins. So Green and Wilson left the store. Uh, went to a little diner to grab some food and kind of discuss like the weird situation that they had just come out of. Like, <laughs> well, that he's was not coming with strange. us. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we should do? Let's go to the diner and go get some greasy spoon eggs. Sounds nice. like a plan. It'll so, come out sooner or later. Bowmeister seemed so spooked by the whole thing that it was actually a complete shock to the detectives that when they went back, that when they went back later that day, he was still at the store. So I'm guessing he was like, "Oh fuck! If I leave now, they're gonna they're gonna know that something's up." <laughs> well, I'm just laughing. I can't go anywhere. I gotta stay here. They'll if they're on to me. If I leave, they're gonna think I'm a runner. Exactly. I mean, that's it's exactly what. Well, it most is. people are like, "Well, the cops are there." Well, they're across the street at the diner. Okay, we're good. They okay, come back good. in, tell him I'm gone. Yeah, like, <laughs> if they come back in, I'm in the bathroom. And then, really, he's, like, going out the back window, and he's, like, just drops. He's, like, <laughs> he has that, like, like scared little rabbit look of, like, okay, we're good, we're good. Stay a little late on that. You never won't catch me. Or are they just see him, like, like, like think, you know, they had just gone in or whatever. They're going to come back. And they're sitting across the diner, and all of a sudden, they see this bag drop out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the one window in the front of the building. He doesn't even go to the back of the building. He goes in the front, like... What the fuck is he doing? They, they see a chain of bed sheets come out of the front of the building. What in the cartoony bullshit is he doing? <laughs> Does he not know that we can he, see the he, sides he, of the building here? He fucking slides down and they look over and he's going, ha, ah, ah, ha, shaking his hands because he's got fucking rope burn from sliding down. No, he wouldn't feel his finger, his hands because he tans so much it's like leather. Oh. Or, or, or he, then he gets down and he goes and he sees this guy. He's like, he's like, Ooh. you see him watch him. He's like, yep. We know it. <laughs> if they come back, tell them I had a I had a save a lot emergency. Uh, what store? Panama. <laughs> <laughs> so when they get, when the detectives got back, he invited the detectives into his office and kind of faked ignorance about the whole like, oh wait, there's there's what do you mean there's missing men? What's going on here? You know. Oh, so he didn't pull, so he didn't pull uh, you know, the, the asshole move or well. Anyway, <laughs> no. He, <laughs> okay, you guys are gonna find out anyway. I'll no, tell he, he he didn't he didn't go Ed Kemper like oh I well tell me what I need to know and I'll help you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I can help you find some of these people I killed I, that are getting killed. <laughs> um, or Israel Keys. Okay, you're gonna find yeah. out anyway. Yeah, so, shit. Okay. You know. All right. Hey, go to Vermont. There's gonna <laughs> yeah. be some. But the part that kind of irritated the detectives is that when they sat down in his office, he started talking to the, talking to them like they were interviewing for jobs there. So he was he was just being yeah he was just being a real twat to these cops, you know. Listen, you do not have the credentials to work here. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You're overqualified for this job. Yeah, you know. Um, so Green and Wilson went on to interrogate him uh, right there, just like asking, you know, and he responded with the biggest lie. At, Ever told, quote, I've never been to a gay bar. I'm not gay, so I don't really know why. Uh, I don't really know why you would come out here and ask why I can help you. You see this? Yeah. I mean, this? I'm married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, holds up the wrong hand. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, there's there's never been a, a you know gay man that have had kids with women ever. What are you looking at me for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Fucker. Uh, no, John Travolta automatically came to mind for some oh, reason. Oh, I was like, though. you're looking right at me. I'm like... <laughs> no, I was kind of like doing that. Uh, it's maybe a lie. and Maybe I kind of dropped eyes on you, but it wasn't on purpose. Um, okay. <laughs> so Detective Wilson didn't argue with him and just laid out the direct evidence that they had, you know, that they'd collected that placed him directly at one of the gay bars that he had, finger quotes, never been to, where someone had come up missing. <laughs> So she really shut his ass up when she told him that he, they had car plates that matched his that were outside one of the gay bars. Listen, my car broke down, okay? Yeah. God damn it. I let one of my gay friends borrow it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I saw that on an episode of Cops. <laughs> okay, fine. I went into the bar. I didn't know it was a gay bar. I had to go I... potty. They had Guinness on tap. Wait a second. <laughs> That's our story, god damn it. <laughs> so with his, so I stayed oh, around for a while. I really wanted yeah. to win that Lady Gaga signed poster. So with with uh, I'm a pinball wizard. What can I say? With real supple wrists. God damn it! I wish you hadn't said that because now I got that song stuck in my head. <laughs> that was the whole that. point. He didn't get it. I, I did. Fuck. So with his lies silence, he started farting around with some paperwork on his desk, and Wilson said that she could actually see his jugular vein start throbbing in his neck from the stress he was under. Oh! <laughs> you imagine being that stressed that you could like it's like Ugh. inside of your neck. Mm. Uh, so Herb was caught and he knew it, uh, and he admitted that he had he maybe maybe I have been to the gay bars, you know. And he got a little pissy and he said, "But my wife doesn't know, and neither does anyone else, and I want to keep it that way." You do. Not I don't want to tell them. them. Now that they had uh, now that they had a good reason to, Wilson asked for permission to search Fox Hollow Farms, uh, and he of course told them that he would really, really, really like to help. But he'd have to talk to his attorney first about, you know, having them search. I'm okay with you guys searching. Can you come back next week? Like, maybe yeah. Wednesday? Or the week after, maybe? Yeah. You know, I'm not going to clean or anything. I'm going to literally, I'm going to I'm gonna pick, I mean, yeah. I'm not going to pick up or clean or anything, but I'm going to, fuck, how much is chlorine for my pool? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you want to send somebody out, like, Wednesday, just have them grab, like, a box of contractor bags on their way. I got a bunch of shit I got to throw away. Yeah, yeah, we got this. We got this. Um, so the detectives had made a fair assessment that <clears throat> the detectives had made a fair assessment of Baumeister's nervousness, and but that also didn't automatically make him a murderer. It could be the fact that there were two detectives grilling him for information and threatening his way of life, and you know that don't make anybody nervous. Wilson did call Baumeister the next day, and he informed that informed her that he had hired an attorney named James Voiles. And this is going to be the first of a couple little fucking cat and mouse bullshit things that we have to talk about. So if I repeat things, I'm not repeating them for the sake of repeating them. I'm repeating them because that's how events happened. So he he said that he had hired this James Voiles guy. Detective Wilson then contacted Mr. Voiles to ask him some questions about his client and the case that they might have. I've never heard of him. He told her that Baumeister wasn't his client, and he had never actually even heard of him, I mean, yeah. let alone been hired by him. Not surprised on that one. Uh, Detective Wilson then called Baumeister back about the whole, you know, hey, you lied to the police, and uh, you're impeding an active murder investigation thing. Um, but Baumeister told her again, no, 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 yeah, no, I, I hired must him. Must be mistaken. Yeah, no, you must have got the wrong guy, because I hired this Voiles guy. So over the next few weeks, she kept playing this cat and mouse horse shit with Baumeister and Voiles, until Voiles finally admitted that he had actually been hired by Baumeister. 
So, <laughs> yeah, I just got hired two days well, ago. Well, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Wilson assumed pr- uh, probably correctly that Baumeister was dragging this shit out for as long as he could so he could raise money to hire him because this guy was not he was not a cheap attorney. He was like, uh, I think he said it was like he was like $15,000 retainer to have him. Jesus. He was he's a he was a good fucking attorney, but he was expensive. Huh. I don't know if that's that's expensive or fifteen thousand. I mean, dude. why I don't I don't know. I'm assuming that's a lot of money because anything above fifteen bucks is a lot of money to <laughs> me right now. That is true. I've got seventy like seventy four cents in my bank account. So <laughs> so as soon as Voyles had had been officially hired, he told the detectives to fuck off with the search warrant. I mean, he legally told them to fuck off. Whatever you know, use legal terms to say hey. This French is, toast off. Yeah. You sure you didn't say fuck off? No. Hey, here, you, fuck off. Here, here, is a, here is a piece of legal paper that has legal terminology that tells you legally to fuck yourself. <laughs> um, so here's where the detectives decided to take a different, more aggressive tact. And this was fucking ballsy. On November 30th, 1995, Detective Wilson proving that she has the biggest balls of any detective I've ever read about. The biggest balls of them all. Visited the Castleton Save-A-Lot location where Julie Baumeister was the manager. She fully intended to go to tell Julie about what evidence they had uh, they had that connected her, uh, Herb to the missing gay men. In almost a shot-for-shot remake of the meeting with Herb at the store, they talked to the cashier and Julie showed up a few minutes later out of the back room. The second Castleton, not the first one, but the second one. Sure. Um, ours is the first one. So Wilson said that Julie seemed uh, seemed like she was like very like had like a heavy burden. You know, she was frazzled. Just seemed like she was running ragged, pretty much. She informed Julie that she was a detective uh, involved in a missing persons case in Indianapolis, and Julie was kind of like, "What the hell are you talking about? I don't know." Yeah, you sure. know. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh shit! Well, that sucks. Who's missing? Kind, you know, like, like, oh mm-hmm. fuck, that's that's not good. So after telling her a little a little bit of what was going on, she asked bitty, bitty, bitty. Yeah, she's just fucking throwing breadcrumbs out there and seeing what she can get for it. Feeding the pigeons. Well, feeding the geese is when you jack off. You're feeding the geese. Anyway. Um <laughs> Okay. Hmm. So she actually asked her if she could search the house in Carmel. Even though Fox Hollow Farms is in Westfield. So Julie wasn't expecting the uh, the request, but Herb had previously tipped her off that the police had visited him a few weeks ago. But of course, he lied to her because the re- he told her the reasoning for the visit is that uh, they wanted to search the house because someone had accused him of theft. But after getting the real reason for the police interest, she immediately flashed back to the day that her son found the bones. Hey, is your husband really gay? <laughs> what? Unfortunately. No. She told the detective to screw and denied them access. <laughs> yeah. So Herb was clearly distraught at this point, and he contacted his former attorney uh, that had handled some uh, some legal work for uh, for him through like save a lot and stuff like that. Uh, he told the attorney that he was suicidal, flat out. I I don't want to live anymore. I want to kill myself, kind of deal. Yeah, because he knows everything that he was so happy with and whatever the weird like little lifestyle he started creating is coming to an end. Exactly. And He's, he has two hound dog of a detectives following after him. Yep, and they they are not giving up their. And now his wife knows shit's going on, so you know she's bringing that up and like, what the fuck is going on here? What do you get? What you get yourself into? What yeah. what's going to happen to our family? But she she was a good wife. Like she was like, okay, okay, Herb. That's whatever she she took everything that he said as gospel, you know. But he he told his attorney that uh, 
his former attorney, I'm sorry, that the business was on the verge of bankruptcy. And uh, Baumeister told him, five minutes after you hang up the phone, I won't be here anymore. So the attorney, of course, being concerned for a former client and probably a friend at this point, uh, asked, Herb, are you talking about what I think you're talking about? And uh, Herb then went off on a weird kind of speech and said, uh, I know what, <clears throat> I know what you're going to say. You've been a good friend, and I expect you to try to talk me out of this, but my mind's made up. I've thought about this, and it's best for Julie and the kids. Which is kind of fucking sad to like think that my family's going to be better off if I kill myself. <laughs> or he's really saying, I'm going to move away. No, no, he had no, he was, he was going to move away to the cemetery. <laughs> I don't or, fucking feel any emotion no, for this douchebag. Or he was going to turn himself in. But it, it, I didn't, I didn't feel any, oh no, no, he, there, he had no intention of turning himself yeah, in. He was going to kill himself. Yeah, he's, he's a weak, he's a weak individual where he doesn't want to go through the, the court proceedings and doesn't want to bring any more mm, shame yeah. to the forefront of his family. He would rather kill himself because one, I don't think he could survive being in prison. If he was as temperamental about the craziest shit or as a drama queen or whatever you oh, want to call it. Oh, he was a fucking drama queen to the but, extreme. But you know what I mean, though? If he was, like, throwing a fit about all these little subtle things, having his liberties taken away and now being put in a cell with somebody else or in the most, not, you know, the cleanest or safest conditions, I guarantee he would rather, he's like, death is better than going to jail and having my liberties taken away or... Having this life that I built being taken away from me, I'd rather just kill myself because I don't think you could handle it mentally or physically or emotionally. No, the the reason that I said it, it, it kind of made me a little sad is because it, not because of him, but more because like I could almost picture somebody uh, with a terminal illness that was going to do something like that, saying oh, yeah. something like that, like it's my family's going to be better off. I, that's what made me sad about it. it was like, ah, oh, that fucking sucks to read. Mm-hmm. But after he finished his little talk, he hung up the phone. Uh, and after getting off the phone, the attorney, John Egloff, called the, I'm sorry, the attorney, whose name was John Egloff, called the Hamilton County Police, who had an officer at Fox Hollow Farm within minutes. Yeah, because they have to. Cause right, it's because it's track. like, exactly like, this This motherfucker's going to kill himself. We need to get somebody out there to try to stop him. Um. But Herb wasn't home when the officers got to the farm, um, and Julie had actually pulled in like seconds after the officers had gotten there. After having the situation explained to her, she called Herb's cell phone, and in typical Herb's uh, creepy ass fucking Herb style, he told her that yes, he had talked to Egloff, but he had no idea what he was talking about with the whole suicide thing. So as soon as he got off the phone with Julie, he called Egloff and gave him a ration of shit for, quote, getting Julie upset, and he told him not to talk to anybody else about it. Back in 1995, 1996, Herb had really started to lose his shit a little bit, and uh, Julie filed for divorce in January due to Herb's uh, serious emotional instability, as she put it, and she actually requested temporary custody of the kids for their own safety. Uh, Between the divorce and the fact that Save-A-Lot had been ordered by a court to pay a sum of $167,274, I'm sorry, $247, in back taxes, rent and fees uh herb had kind of hit rock bottom and he stopped showing up at the uh, he stopped showing up the at the stores completely um the weird part was herb had been seen a few times in the save a lot park in one of the parking lots uh drinking and sharing some sexy time with a young man 
Probably because he figured it was a safe place. Exactly. But he, for a guy who had been so careful to hide that part of his life, at this point in time, it just seems like he stopped giving a shit. You know, he, he's kind of like, I know the end's coming and whatever. So Julie became increasingly nervous about her and her children's well-being after Herb told, uh, after Herb out of the blue told her he was going to be enrolling the kids at a six-week summer program at Culver Military Academy. And this is the event that led Julie to file for custody of the kids. Again, the, the found skull popped into her head, and she can, uh, uh, okay, she, she contacted her lawyer, Bill Wendling, who had called Detective Wilson and told her, quote, I feel I'm at liberty to tell you this now. Julie found a skull on her property a few years ago. So this would, this would launch the joint investigation of Fox, of Fox Hollow Farms by the Hamilton and Marion County Police Departments. On June 24th, 1996, Julie finally gave them permission to search the property. Well, that's nice of her, finally. Yeah. After how many years of them trying? Forever. Uh, During the investigation, she shared the details of the skull and her fear that there could be more bones on the property. Uh, Julie led them to where the skull and the other bones had been found on a burnt patch of land about two yards wide. After only a few minutes of digging, uh, they ended up finding a long human leg bone. So I'm guessing it was a femur that they found. Um, Julie freaked out, but one of the officers said that she looked like she was faking the shock of finding the bones. The investigators found several more bones, bones and some teeth. A man named Stephen, I'm going to butcher your last name. I apologize. Nar, uh, Naraki, N-A-W-R-O-C-K-I. Naraki. Sounds like a fucking Mad Max character. Pretty much. <laughs> um, but he was a forensic anthropologist and he was brought in to confirm that these in fact were human bones. Again, going back to what you're saying to how she faked her shock and amazement about the bones, or that's what they believed. Yeah. I still think that like, she knew things were going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. She just, you know, went rather, you know, ignorance is bliss. I know mm-hmm. things are going on. I know crazy things are going on, but I'm not going to deal with it. I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to let it be until it affects me. Exactly. And now it's affecting her because yeah. it's putting now, her children in jeopardy. Yep. Her family, her children, and also her livelihood in jeopardy. Okay. So he, uh, he told them that the bones were human. They were recent, and they had been burned. I'm guessing he knew that they were burned because of, you know, the char marks and shit on them. Yep. Um, Hamilton County Prosecutor Sonia Learcamp. People in this story have got the craziest fucking names. And That's I, the Midwest, bro. <laughs> uh, so she was contacted to get a full-blown search warrant, but she told them that since they had they, she told them that since they had Julie's permission, they didn't need no stinking search warrants. They can just go fucking look because they have the owner, the property owner's permission. Yeah. So even with the mounting evidence, the police decided to hold off on questioning Herb because even with all the trouble he was having financially, Herb was still looked at as an affluent member of the community. Sadly, the reasoning seems to be that they still uh, they still gave him the benefit of the doubt because Herb was an upstanding member of society, and the now found missing and the now found missing men were still just missing gay men. So they still didn't give a shit because whatever they're, you know, what they're less people. We have to get off the streets pretty much. Yeah. They, at yeah. this time, like we said before, they just see them <clears throat> as a statistic. Yeah. Which is fucking weird to say it's a human life. So after a few hours of digging, the police had found several hand bones, a tooth, a femur, a fibia and tibia. Uh, but this is not what they were looking for. Still, they were looking for skulls, full sets of teeth, stuff like that. So they could run dental records to hmm. try to, identify these guys so 
when the investigators when the investigators made their way into the house, they found it cluttered in an absolute nightmare to navigate. They made their way down to the uh, the indoor pool area, which was almost exactly how Mark Goodyear described it. There had been some things moved here and there, but other than that, it was exactly how he described it. Uh, here's where they would find a section of garden hose that had been used to choke Goodyear and assumably the rest of the victims that they were finding on the property. So it's at this point in time that the the investigators uh, decided they were going to go out to the little cottage that Herb was staying at, and he had his son Eric with him. Um, and uh, they, they were... They went there under the guise of saying, we're here to take Eric because he's being removed from your custody because of the court order. Yep. Um, this is an unsafe, you know, family environment. This is, you know, a place where a child should not be a part of or things a child should not be a part of. Right. Yep. And it, it was it, it was actually more like, well, I, I we now understand that you're with him, but the courts have ordered full custody to your wife. So we are here to take him back to her kind of thing. Um he seemed he seemed fairly cheerful about the whole thing, and he just wanted to call. He wanted to get a hold of his attorney before anything happened. So during a later interrogation, Julie would reveal some really odd shit about their marriage, including the fact that during the entire marriage, she had never once seen Herb naked. Then how was the little? Never mind. And on their honeymoon, they never had sex. So where'd the little man come from? She said that Herb would only change his clothes in the bathroom with the door shut, and he slept fully clothed at night. She also said that when they would have sex, lights were off, he would get undressed under the covers. Then when they were done, he got redressed under the covers, and then whatever. Oh, I thought it was one of those things he just unzipped the fly and did it that way. Like That's probably what it was. You know, if he's wearing his sleeping pajama you know, shirt and pants or whatever, got that little flap with the, the button, undo <laughs> that. <laughs> no, I'm actually serious. Is yeah. that? Wow, man. So, I my, my first thought was I don't know if you guys have ever watched Arrested Development. Mm-mm. David Cross's character is a never nude, so <laughs> even when he like he'll take his clothes off and he still has like a pair of cut off jean shorts on <laughs> that he wears under his clothes and over his underwear so that he is never nude. So even when he takes his clothes off, he still has shorts on. Yeah, but jean shorts, man. Jean will rub things a little raw. That denim. There's one, there's one That's why scene. basketball shorts are better. <laughs> there's mm. one scene where they uh, they finally talk him into taking him off, and he's got another pair underneath him. David Cross is fucking awesome. Dude, he's hilarious. Um, I loved him in Tiny Soldiers. <laughs> or so, Toy Soldiers. So she also said that there were large gaps in time during the summer uh, that when her and the kids were on vacation, that she would try to call to just check in, like, hey, how's everything going there? And he wouldn't answer his phone. Like, she'd try to call him, like, lunchtime or whatever, and he just wouldn't answer his phone. So, Well, if he was busy with work, maybe, or... Or if he's busy with his extracurriculars. Yeah. Um, So, and she also kind of confirmed with him. She's like, yeah, I mean, I guess with all the free time that he had in the summer, he would have had time to do this, but I don't know if he's capable of doing it. Makes you wonder how many vacations or how many trips that she took with those kids. Oh, it it was a yearly thing for... A long time. Yeah, but you know what I mean, though? Like, he did all this work, like, the killings without his family there. Yeah. So it's like, what are they doing all the other time? Like, where did they go? I I think he's one of the weird, like, the weird instances where he didn't have, like, that overwhelming urge to kill people. Like, he could kind of turn it on and off. Where he's like, okay, they're gone. Now I can do it. And during the rest of the year, I'm okay. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah, because he didn't have a huge number, like a kill number. No. I mean, it was it's still pretty good, but... Oh, it is. What I'm saying is it's not like well, in like the hundreds. Yeah. And, he, well, not, as far as we know. He's not like a not like a Bundy where he killed like almost 40 people. Yeah. Yeah, we, we don't know that, though. The, the, the number that they give him is between 11 and 20. Well, Babbitt, uh, if, and that if, that includes the killings in Ohio. But if you look at the, you know, like Vandegrift, he, you know, he 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 believes the numbers are higher because oh, they well, probably burned, they probably are. He burned the bodies, and they're still to this day the owners are finding bones. Yeah, the the number is probably higher than that. It's probably closer to forty, I would guess. Because if his family's gone for what three months out of the year on vacation. That's a long time to go on vacation, man. I go a week, and yeah, I'm like, I mean, all right, I'm ready to go back home. Oh, I mean, his wife's a teacher, so she's got all summer off. Yeah, and they're, they're young kids, so. I mean, he, he could rack up fucking three, well, four a year Well, yeah, and on vacations. not only that, it's also. And then his little trips to Ohio. If he's gone, if oh, they're gone for more. a week, he could probably do nail two a week. Yeah. At least. That fucking sounded weird to say. All right. So June 26th of 1996, uh, tabloids and shit like that, like Hardline, had started trying to get access to the property. Um, and they were just all just trying to get a little taste of what was going on inside the gates. You know, the fucking vultures like we talk about. Yep. Uh, the media caused some shit between uh, the IMPD and the local county departments. Um, it's kind of convoluted, but basically it turns the... the how it worked was the media started saying that the locals shouldn't have the lead on the investigation of the case because the missing men were all from Indianapolis, yada, yada, yada. So they're trying to play it off as like they should have it because that's where they're from, not where they were found, which is stupid to me. Yeah. But, uh, on June 28th, uh, Naraki was, uh, had recruited 60 volunteers, most of which were, uh, EMS firefighters, police cadets, people like that. Uh, and they started their biggest part of the digging project. They dug up an area of about 1,300 feet uh, in a straight line from where they found the first set of, uh, of bones and stuff. At the end of the day, they would unearth thousands of pieces of skeletal remains. And this was nothing compared to what a couple of landscapers would find on the adjacent property. They would point the police to Baumeister's old compost pile on the very western edge of Fox Hollow Farm. Uh, here is where they found some really interesting shit. Uh, some compost that's not typically in a compost yeah, pile. Yeah, like, uh, like, you know, spinal columns and jaws and hey man, if vertebrae you your, and ribs. If you, you want know? your petunias and your rugosa roses to grow, human flesh. And actually, if you uh, use bone meal, like ground up bone and stuff, it helps keep slugs and shit out of your garden. Just saying. Um, See? <laughs> So, That's how come she knows. Naraki would uh, would say that when he saw the rem- uh, the pile of the remains, and this is one of the weirdest quotes I've ever heard, it's like a bomb went off in a people factory. Oh, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so on July 1st, a Carmel Parks uh, Parks and Recs Department team were out mowing a, a field, which not too far from where they were. It's like kind of like a park, like whatever. Um, and while they're mowing, they actually review, uh, revealed a whole bunch of sets of handcuffs in the field that had just been fucking like, I'm guessing like spun on a finger and whipped out into the grass. Kind of, I don't need these anymore. Exactly. Like a frisbee. <laughs> so after seeing, uh, some of the media coverage, including a picture, uh, that Steven Naraki would get a ton of shit for, 
um, of him holding up a pair of handcuffs that he had found and kind of grinning. Uh, the picture was taken with a long range lens and it makes him look like a, like a fucking lunatic. Um, he got a really bad rap for the, from people for this that, uh, you know, I just, well, was, yeah, they're they like, Oh yeah. He looks like he's happy. He's not taking this seriously. And he's just, yeah. you know, I, a fear monger or something along those lines. I think it was more like that excited nervousness of like, we found something that's yeah. going to help lead to all this shit to a conviction or at least, you know, yeah. get the case really jump started. but they made him look like a complete asshole pretty much. Well, that's what they do. So with all this, Herb removed himself from the shit show at the farm and hadn't. So Herb hadn't actually been at the farm for weeks. Um, but towards the end of the whole story, Herb, uh, Herb Baumeister would reach out to his, his, uh, his kids. It said that he talked to each one of them individually and told them how much he loved and cared for them. And then he told each one of them goodbye. And this would be the last time that Herb Baumeister would speak to his kids. It is what it is. So Herb Baumeister would be found dead by a group of Canadian campers in Sarnia, Ontario, July 3rd, 1996. So he went all the way up to Canada. Yep. Yep. He fled not just the state, but the entire fucking country. (laughs) So, of course, Herb had to do it as herbly as possible. So he had gotten himself dressed up for the special day. He was wearing grayish dress pants with a perfectly pressed, fresh from the uh, dry cleaner, white button-down shirt, and he had himself a nice little American flag pin on his shirt, you know, to... God bless America. Exactly. And he... That just proves how beautiful Canada is. That This douchebag is willing to drive all the way up there to commit suicide. Man, Canada's so gorgeous, I would go there to kill myself. Right? <laughs> wow. Um, you said you found something weird about the whole scene where he was found, right? Yeah. So, like, I was watching Ghost Adventures, and they were ta- they had talked with Vandegrift, and actually Vandegrift just like said that he he'd gone up there, committed suicide, but the scene where he where when they uh, the Mounties or whoever it was, I think it was probably Mounties. Oh, got there they saw that it was actually they thought it was more like a ritualistic suicide because he um had had like dead birds like scattered on like one side of him and did he, okay did he have piss scattered on the other side because those were we, kind of his two favorite no. things yeah because we established that he, he does love dead birds yeah. it's just true yeah and then he had uh i don't know what was underneath him or if it was like dirt or whatever underneath him or something but and he had fresh clothes on and it was something else like he, like either had his arms out or he, something yeah he was he wasn't going at it just put a bullet to his head and just like yep this is it he probably may arrange the site to be yeah you know probably as he would want it a beautiful final resting place yeah. so i'm gonna die i'm gonna die in style so next to his de- his body was uh, an envelope that said attention canadian authorities Inside the envelope was a long, rambling suicide note. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. I'm not reading it. Good. Because I... Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, so in the nerd... Uh, in the nerd... In the nerd... In the note, Herb seemed... Uh, decided... Uh, Herb seemingly decided to apologize and, o- and uh, owned up for everything bad he had ever done wrong. Except the missing gay man. Because, again, he's not gay. He didn't kill gay men. He didn't go to a gay bar. Whatever. Then why are you committing suicide? Why are there dead uh gay men in your property yeah 
he took responsibility for destroying his 25 year marriage and expressed regret for financially ruining sa- uh, save a lot save a lot he even apologized for ruining the atmosphere of the park he was about to kill himself in well at least that was polite of him but not for killing all these people <laughs> what an asshole I'm sorry I screwed your park up but I'm not sorry I killed those guys because I didn't kill them because I'm not gay I don't go to gay bars so mm. huh. sorry not sorry or as they would say, sorry, not sorry. I'm not sorry. So, Hashtag not sorry. So the next morning, on America's birthday in 1996, Julie was interrupted mid-morning coffee by a knock on the door. She answered to find her lawyer, Bill Welding, uh, Wendling. Bill Welding. Yeah, he I, was Welding. I, I actually fucking mistyped his name like a billion times in this. Um, and he told her about Herb's passing. There would be no funeral held for Herb, and his body would just kind of hang out at the funeral home with no visitors until he was cremated. With Herb's uh, with Herb dead, the investigation really, really actually picked up. Um, the officer uh, Lind, uh, Lindloff from the, Ohio, uh, from the Ohio part of the investigation traveled to Indiana to collect a, uh, a set of fingerprints and a palm print. Uh-huh. Um, the weird part was the people... <laughs> When they when they did the fingerprinting and the palm printing, they did it like in the viewing room at the fucking funeral home. <laughs> hey, uh, I know you're here to see, you know, uh, the recently deceased. Please come over here. I need you to do a few things for me, okay? One, let me see your hand. Cool, good. Two, we're gonna put it in the substance. We're gonna put it on this paper. Write down your name. Right where we can reach you. Don't worry, it's a natural thing. It's it's how we do things now. This is how funerals are done now. <laughs> I I kind of pictured it more like. You know, he walked into the funeral home and he sees like a couple of people there and like, oh man, he didn't have a lot of friends, huh? And one of them like looks over their shoulder and they've got his hand and they're like, oh, hey, we're just getting your fingerprints you wanted. Come on up. We got coffee and donuts and shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is how, this is what he wanted. Yeah, this was in his will. This is an Indiana fu- uh, funeral asshole. Respect it. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, this is what, what it was in his will. He wanted everybody's fingerprints to be buried with him just in case if, you know, Jesus. he wanted so, them. So that you know who so was we, there. The, some people collect stamps. We collect fingerprints. The thing is, though, the investigators would be the only visitors that he got at the funeral home. Well, so wait, they're fingerprinting the investigators of the investigators. Like, no, like his his family never showed up to the funeral home. None of his friends, none of his employees, nobody. It was just Good. the investigators that oh, showed up. This fucking asshole. Doesn't deserve anything. Um, so unfortunately the prints that uh, Lindloff had gotten were so poorly done and smeared that when he got back to the, uh, the Ohio crime lab, they couldn't do anything to match him, match the fingerprints from any of the, uh, anything that would have had fingerprints on it. They couldn't match the palm prints to the strangled men's necks, anything like that. Lindloff, you fucking idiot. You were supposed oh, to not it, drink at this. But it wasn't his fault. I it, know. It was the people in Indiana that fucked it all up. I just want to know, why do you need palm prints? Because what what they're doing is is if they oh, can... Oh, the way they're holding the rope because or the thing. Because he probably put his hand on like this, and then his fingers came around. So if your fingertips aren't like meeting, they actually touch your like the palm or the meat of your hand. Yeah. So instead of being like tight like this, it may have not have been all the way around. So if his palm was mainly the one touching the whole hose, it could have been that because or something. No. Or 
if he was strangling like these guys in Ohio, if he decided to fucking shake it up a little bit and strangle them with his bare hands, it, w- it leaves bruising, and they could actually match the the prints okay. to the okay. to the bruising. Okay, gotcha. Um, All right, yeah. I was just, just yeah, no, 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 I, understandable. My um, palm is going to be different than your palm. You know, what I'm just saying. But here, you're right. M- remember, I, I told you we had some more cat and mouse shit to talk about. So by the time the crime lab realized that the prints were not going to work, it was too late. And Baumeister had already been cremated. Lindloff was fucking furious at this point in time, thinking that his invest- his investigation's fucking over now, and these families are going to get no closure because somebody in Indiana fucked up. Thankfully, he got a call the next day from Detective Wilson saying that no, in fact, Herb, Baume- Herb Baumeister had not been cooked yet. He was still there. So... <clears throat> This time, he personally went out and met a much more experienced forensic tech to take the prints. So when he returned to the crime lab in Ohio with the fresh palm prints in hand, only to find out that this print, too, was no fucking good. So. What if it has to do with uh, the embalming? Because they, they embalm, I think. It could for, be. Yeah. <clears throat> but they, they said that they were smeared. Like, like somebody was just like, and like slapped his hand on and slid it across the paper or some shit. But the next time he called, it was actually confirmed 100% this time that Baumeister had been cremated. So the only chance he had of getting evidence to link Baumeister to the dead men in his area was now ashes. So after a bunch of missteps in the in the Ohio investigation, including having actual physical evidence from one of the dead men that had been collected, including the killer's DNA that was found in the victim, and a pair of fucking handcuffs that had the victim's DNA and the killer's prints on it sent to the crime lab. Lindoff calls to get an update on the evidence and he's told we lost it. We, what the fuck? We lost a set of handcuffs. We lost a DNA kit. We lost... Fucking amateur hour, yeah, man. It's a fucking clown college. <laughs> they they should have fucking hired that... Uh, who was the guy that... Oh, no, mind. Th- this whole fucking... This whole crime lab should have been fired. Yeah. Like... It, it's a shit show. And I'm guessing they're probably getting DNA samples to like of the bo- like from the bones, you know, just to see if you know, they can match them. Okay, one one of the samples that came up missing was a semen sample that they found inside the victim. Well then. Which would have fucking been like, "Hey, here's your motherfucker right here." Poof, gone. Because somebody fucked up. Didn't follow chain of command. And lost a box of evidence. Huh. <sighs> so with his case crumbled and destroyed, Lindoff still to this day is about 80% sure that her Baumeister and the I-70 Strangler are the same person. He's pretty confident that, that that's he is his, his guy. Well, when when did the, uh, the I-70 Strangler stop doing it? Uh, it doesn't didn't really say. Okay, because uh, I didn't know if it was like a short time of like... The I seventy uh, thing starts, then that actually stops. Mm-hmm. Then her Baumeister finally picks up, or if it was one of those things that just went continuously, I seventy right to Herb. Yeah, they they kind of ran right hand in hand from the eighties up. They were concurrent 90s. together. Yeah, um, the, then I un- can see that connection there. Then yeah, but unfortunately, since Herb shuffled off this mortal <laughs> mortal plane via self inflicted gunshot wound to the brains. Uh, there could be no trial, and it's nearly impossible to confirm how many victims he claimed. 
Um, but the estimated number is somewhere between 11 and 20 people between the uh, Indiana and Ohio cases. So with that being said, that is the end of fucking Herb Baumeister. Peace shit. Yeah. He peace shit. This guy was a fucking struggle to read about. I I really had a hard time. Like, I hate this son of a bitch so much. But it's but, a guy that he probably could have kept going. He, yeah. It, you know, just like Israel Keys. Yep. Another one. One dumb mistake. One dumb mistake. He Israel could have kept going. But the difference between the Israel Keys case and this one, the Israel Keys case... The police did their damnedest to do everything they could to find this guy, and they couldn't because it, they were out of their league. Yeah. In this case, the cops were a bunch of bumblefucks and didn't give a fuck about the people they were looking for it was because the they were gay men. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. And yep. the crime lab fucked up big time yeah. in Ohio. So it's just a case of, like, there was a lot of fucking moving parts, and none of them worked. Yeah, I mean, in Israel Key's case, well... First off, nobody really knows for him like how many he actually killed. Well, it's the same with this with with Herb. It's an estimate between eleven and twenty. You know, it's yeah. yeah. But I can uh, I, I promise the next time we do a true crime case, it'll be fun and it won't be a serial killer. I started on another one, so I'm like, you say it's gonna be fun. None of these are fun. Oh no, no, this one's this one's gonna be a fucking hoot. You guys are gonna. Unless love it. it's like, it's, what is this one about? Oh, it's about a guy that just goes breaks in people's houses and leaves them lollipops in their sink. It's the oh. wet or the wet bandits. You like robberies? Because I got a cool fucking robbery coming. Is it up. about the wet bandits? No, no, but it's got big names connected to it. Sticky anyway. bandits? Nope. Shit. Oh. Harry. Cowboy big names. Jesus Christ. So, anywho. Yeah. Anywho uh, wants its faces. Kevin, take yeah. it away on the sponsorships, brother. The sponsors. So, Studio, go visit them at studio.com. You want to do it not like a twat? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Studio, Studio, go visit them at studio.com. If you want to bury it, just don't come back the same. You but you gotta bury your own. <laughs> you bury your studio headphones. I'll come back from there. Well, <laughs> you can't get there from here. Ugh. But anyway, that's so a, if that's you a, want, yeah, if I, you, yeah, that's a that's a long story. That is. Yeah, it is. Anyway, don't you know? Do it up. Anyway, so yeah, so 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 anywho, if you want a pair of studio headphones or, or want a pair of headphones, go visit studio.com and. Check out their vast selection because yep. it is growing. Well, oh. each time I look at it, it's it, Over it the ear, in the ear, earbuds, yep. completely wireless earbuds. They got it all. They got it all. I was doing that. They got it all. I was getting there, but you got it. Yeah. Yes. What well, he said. So once you get what you want, put them in your basket and then in checkout, go to put the discount code of DarkWindows15 and you get yourself 15% off. Because, you know, we like you, they like you, and we want you to have a really good pair of earbuds or headphones. Speaking of headphones, Seth, hobby holder. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually like, I had something like tied speaking, in with that. Speaking of over the ear. <laughs> so when you're, you know, painting miniatures and you're using your studio headphone, you know, 
headphones, earbuds, whatever you have, and you're like, you know what? I need a tool to help me get better with my painting. Head on over to GameEnvy.net, home of the hobby holder. Yeah, dude, I, I own two of these, and yeah. I have a third one coming in the mail soon. But back to what I was saying, to the point, if you're using your headphones, and then you need a tool to help you paint miniatures, head on over to GameEnvy.net, home of the hobby holder, home of the brush bastion, home of, not really the paint puck, but they do sell them. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> and also a wide variety of other amazing hobby-related tools. You find what you like, you put it in the cart, you put in the promo code Broadstone at the top of the page yep. in green. Put that promo code Broadstone and you will save yourself 10% off the entire order. Oh, I don't know if they still do it or not, but when I got mine, I got a kick-ass fucking pin too. No, I put that in there for you. Oh, you did? Yeah, it's like a buck. Oh, well, awesome. That way you can cool. say you're part of the hobby holder family. Well, get a kick-ass pin then. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so what if, uh, what if you, you have a... Uh... A gaming system that you are into, but you just want to get out of. Is there another place, uh, something you could do well, like, to get rid of them? That's easy. Don't put them on Craigslist. Don't put them on eBay. Head on over to Dicehead Games in Cleveland, Tennessee. There's Lovely Cleveland, Tennessee. Tennessee. Not, the, not the mistake by the lake, Cleveland. Yeah. Cleveland, Tennessee. And their site is <laughs> Dicehead.com. Now, once you're there, you can go scroll down the little like little ticker thing on the left side. And be like, hmm, what do I need? What do I need? Ah, uh, the miniature trade-in program. The miniature trade-in program is this amazing little thing that if you're getting out of a game system, whatever it may be, you take pictures of those miniatures, whether they're on the sprue, off the sprue, whether they're painted, unpainted, whether they're glued or not glued, does not matter. You take a picture of it. You send that picture to them within about roughly two to three business days. Like I said before, maybe a little longer, maybe a little less. It all depends on what you send. They will send you an email letting you know what they are willing to offer you for those miniatures. Now, the best part about this is they are generally on top of their price listing. So that way you will get the best price possible back. And you figure that out. You're like, hmm, I like this. What can I put it towards? Well, you can put it towards card games, board games, miniature games, Comic books, some other wide variety of collectibles, does not matter. Go with the trade-in program if you want to get out of it. Don't sell it on your own. No. Never sell that shit. And you know what? You tell them that we sent you, they'll send you a little bit of love back, and I love them. And I think also on their webpage, um, they have, I'm not quite sure, but I'll have to check into it when we get put that on the uh, Facebook page. They have a Twitch account. Yep, they if have. If you don't know what Twitch is, it's a place where you can go watch like people play games or play uh, like video games or board games or walk around and just you know, real life painting or anything like that. They actually are – they're one of the uh, small time places, which I hope a lot more of Twitch does, but they actually run uh, games on their Twitch channel. So you'll see them playing 40K, a variety of new board games coming in. Sometimes they do Magic. And also, Chad, uh, one of the, uh, I think he's yeah, the assistant manager there, also a really nice guy. He has his own stream where he does painting actually at the shop. Nice. So when you see him painting a miniature, you will see like some of the crew walk behind him, and you actually, like, he'll let you know we're at Dicehead Games, and it's a, it's awesome. Like they are amazing. They take a lot of my money, and like I said last time. I need to order a new bag, and they got a sweet, beautiful-looking army bag that I'm going to probably be investing in. So, yeah, we'll put that on uh, on the Facebook page. Yeah, we'll, we'll find it to, and throw it on to there. go on to, to watch them if you want to watch before you you know, do it, just so you feel they see a game that they're playing that Absolutely, you're like, hey, man. you know, that's just, that looks pretty cool. Um, 
And you can go to diceheadgames.com. Diceheadgames.com. And oh, diceheadgames.com. Yep. And uh, check them out there. Also, you could find us once again at Facebook uh, on Facebook at Dark Windows Podcast. Yep. Um, and you'll see Kevin Carlton's lovely face. Yep. And you'll it is see, lovely. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I know. Lies. And, then you, and then you'll see my ugly mug. Yep. I know you, fucker. <laughs> I'm Kevin Heyer. You'll see me on there. We'll be we'll we'll like the. I'm one of those guys that you know the, one of the ones that posts like all the memes and stuff that when you res- when you say you know welcome to we, Kevin says welcome to the show. I'll put post something funky on there, and uh, then you can also find us on Instagram at Dark Windows Pod. Yep, and on Twitter at Dark Windows Pod. Yep, uh, you can find me personally. On Instagram at uh, Speedy802. Yep. I Where, am uh, Kevin. I'm, I'm K Carlton87 on Instagram. Uh, I don't do a lot of Instagram stuff. Uh, I, I'm on Facebook all the time, though. So if you guys ever want to, like, just fucking message me or talk or whatever, I'll talk to anybody about anything. I don't give a shit. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, Seth, where can we find you, buddy? Oh, you find me at Broadstone underscore creations. Yes. Nice. Check, check him out. Fine. At this. Current time of recording, I have a thousand followers, which I'm super stoked about. Also, like I said before, uh, last week's episode, I'm going to Chicago at the end of the month. I'll be gone from the 26th to April 1st. I will be going live on Instagram, posting all that fucking fun trip and just annoying the shit out of people. Where all you, that beautiful bean footage. Where are you going? Yeah. Just so some people might be listening. Motherfucker going to Adepticon. So if you see this really big guy that looks like Seth. If you hey. see this guy that looks like Seth, but he's not Seth, don't walk over to him. Yeah, don't walk over to him. Hey, you know what? There's a guy that uh, I don't know, posted something on an Instagram page that we're following. That the, he was he was in the back seat, and the guy that took the pic or uh, that took the picture actually looked like this guy I used to work with. I was like, holy shit! What does that have to do with Seth? <laughs> well, no, how are you saying? You know, if it's not him, it's someone else. I was just being a smartass. But anyway, oh, so also, yeah, hold if on. you want to, you can find us on Patreon too. Oh, you go to oh, uh, patreon.com yeah. forward slash Dark Windows Podcast. Go over. I mean, if you want to donate some money, that's fucking awesome. If you don't, keep listening to the show anyway. Yeah, if you want but, to give us a tip. But if you want to donate, we're gonna get you some cool shit. I mean, you're gonna get a, like twenty dollars. You're gonna get a T-shirt and a bonus episode. And all kinds of cool shit, and you know, yeah, you find all the levels. Yeah, right yeah, on. just go check it out. Go check out the page. I mean, you can look at all the all the tiers and stuff. But yeah, give us a, give us a look. You know, and uh, if you want to email the show, to you can just go just email us at darkwindowspod at gmail dot com. Yep. And if you have any, um, just anything you guys want to talk about, like saying hey, you guys are did great on the show, or hey, you could improve this. Uh, your guys' sound quality was spot on, or hey, you c- can you turn Kevin's or, mic up? Or, or you know, just flat out, you guys fucking suck. We'll take everything into try consideration. It once, <laughs> won't again. <laughs> just like that unknown businessman. Exactly. Tried it once, not again. That frog was kind of tasty, but I'm not gonna do it again. Yeah, not quite. A little, little zingy, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Or you know, if you uh, wanna, I don't know, say anything else or not say anything else, send us pictures, whatever. Cool. We like them all. We like, you know, to hear from our our fans. And uh, also subscribe when you when you subscribe, uh, 
just review us. Yeah, Give rate, us a review. Rate, review and subscribe wherever you can. Because um, that improves the algorithm so we can keep growing and get better. Yeah. So with that being said, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the a dark... garden hose isn't behind you trying to hold you down. <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to say a, like a, a semi-effeminate gay man isn't staring at you from across the bar sipping his drink. <laughs> nope, I got more. <laughs> so just because you can't see into the dark doesn't, doesn't mean... Doesn't mean a skull on a stick isn't tapping on your window. <laughs> Damn it. Just because you can't see out into the dark... Doesn't mean you're not burning bones in the yard. No, you can't burn bones. Burn There's bones. no way a fire can get that hot to burn bones. You, you know what? End the show. You might want to contact a lawyer for gimmick infringement, by the way, too. Why? Oh. <laughs> Just <What? laughs> Oh, stepping on my toes, bro. <laughs> Take him to wrestler's court. <sighs> uh, I'll rise for the honorable undertaker. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Let's go. Anyway. <laughs> Just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. Love you. Kisses. Goodbye. Ought to be designed.